0: i'm gonna go order some pizza i'll be back in a little while
1: (laughs) welcome to an inquiry into freedom with your hosts ron and alan so i'm gonna i'm gonna go off on a little tangent here today and uh kind of you know i've showed my ass a few times but i'm not quite sure i've showed it uh in, in the extreme that I'm about to go to. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm going to try to hold my tongue when it comes to the the cursing. I'm going to try. Well, if
0: if I don't say anything, it's because I'm offended. You know how sensitive I am.
1: Well, it's not necessarily about offending people, but... <laughs> right, right. But I, I, I don't... I try not to cuss because, you know, I, I consider myself a Christian and, you know, we all sin and we all make mistakes and, uh, you know, it is what it is. But I, I try not to as, as much as I can. I mean, when, you, when you're pounding a 16-penny nail into a 2x6 and, and you hammer your thumb instead of the nail... Uh, You know, sometimes you may say things that you normally wouldn't say. So we all do it. But this really pisses me off. And how this doesn't piss off everybody in this country is beyond me. The Federal Bureau of Intimidation has secretly developed a new category of extremists that targets Make America Great Again MAGA supporters of former President Donald Trump ahead of the 2024 presidential election according to classified information. So the (laughs) FBI is currently working to investigate and prevent what the agency considers domestic terrorism without referencing individual political affiliations in the United States. However, the information obtained by uh, such and such such indicates that an overwhelming majority of the FBI's current anti-government investigations are related to MAGA Republicans. (laughs) Uh, The FBI says they're in an almost- impossible position, according to uh, an FBI official, and of course, the official who wishes to rain, remain anonymous, um, one of over a dozen current or formal government officials specializing in terrorism interviewed by Newsweek. Claim that the FBI is attempting to prevent any domestic terrorism that could lead to an incident like the January 6th Capitol storming. At the same time, the FBI official told Newsweek that the Bureau could unintentionally provoke anti-government activists if the agency fails to allow Americans to exercise their constitutional rights of free speech and protest. Gee, you think... Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's kind of what the founders of the of the country and the and the authors of the declaration and the constitution thought in the first place that they had an obligation we have an obligation to do that. Yeah. Absolutely. And if anyone has failed in their obligations in the last say 50 years it's the we, the people, because we've put up
1: with this crap. But you know, what's, you know what's bad, Ron? It's not we, the people anymore. It's we, the government. This goes on. Well, yeah, because we, the people, have allowed it to happen. Absolutely, you 100%. Know? And this yeah. is what I'm saying. If people, don't, if people don't listen to this and come away with uh, a, an understanding of what is actually happening, then you're dismissed. You're not a serious. Well, you're honest. not a serious person. We don't. Uh, we don't want you to have a seat at the table. You, you're. You you do not belong. So uh, they. You know they spin this um, to make it sound like they're not doing something illegal. Um, especially at a time when the White House is facing congressional Republican opposition. Claiming that the Biden administration has weaponized the bureau against the right wing, it has to tread very carefully," the official said. Another anonymous senior intelligence official uh, says the country has crossed the Rubicon. The official claimed Trump's army continues to uh, constitutes. The greatest threat of violence domestically, politically—that's the reality and the problem. That's what the FBI, as a law enforcement agency, has to deal with. Where in the hell are they dealing with any of that? It, they make it sound like, like they're they're having to, uh, you know, police the streets daily, and they're having to arrest. Extremist and right-wing, you know, MAGA Republicans on a daily basis. When it's not even remotely close to the truth, no, the only people,
0: just, all they do is storm the house and shoot the guy, and that. That only happens, though, uh, every couple of months or so. It's not like it happens Well, every
1: you hear day. these, you hear these... They don't ever have to arrest them. They just shoot them to death. Yeah, you hear these people that carry water for the, the left in the mass yeah. media. Oh, well, people died that day. What people? Yeah. What What people? There was one person that died. One. Mm-hmm. And she was shot an unarmed woman by the name of ashley babbitt that nobody should ever forget i will never forget her name she was an unarmed white woman who was shot to death by a capital police officer the only person that died on january 6th
0: Man, a black a black officer officer yeah I, I don't yeah, know. Let's I don't, not forget that. Well, because I, I, you know, I, I, it's not a big deal to me. But yeah, it's it right a big say. deal to them. Yeah.
1: I don't really give a crap what color he was yeah, white, black, either. Asian, purple, uh, Bayesian, whatever. Yeah.
0: It's just he, wrong. He,
1: he got away with cold blooded murder. The same yeah, thing that BLM was in the streets rioting over. No difference, other than you mentioned he was a black officer that shot an unarmed white woman. If it was yeah. the other way around, my God, we would never, we, we would still be hearing about it. Oh yeah.
0: Well, so I, I think I think what the whole. I don't want to rain on your parade, but I want to make sure I make this point because it's getting really clear to me now. You know, we were talking the other day, and we've talked several times about militia activity or what have you, uh, watching the government closer, that sort of thing. And I think it dials in to exactly uh, where you're coming from with this report.
1: Oh, but I'm I'm about to... Go ahead. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. Because you might divert from this a little bit, but I think it's at the heart of this whole extremist uh, allegation that thus far has not had any evidence that that it's true at all. But it will, or it could, and that and that's because of this. Is that yeah? I keep saying that we have an obligation to rebel against. Un American things that are unconstitutional, overreaches, uh, treading on rights, that sort of thing. We have an obligation to. And we've allowed this communist incursion or, or actually insurrection to go on for. Uh, yeah, for real, yeah, the the real insurrection. Yeah, real
1: insurrection. To overthrow yeah. the government. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. So we've allowed that to happen. Because we're a bunch of dumb shits. And I don't know what else to do other than to just call it what it is. So, yeah, we've we've allowed it to happen because uh, I, I think we're just a nation full of dumb people. Um, you know, you, know you, a,
1: you have to come to that conclusion, unfortunately, because... Well, the-
0: that's what I have. So the 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 main thing to I'm trying to boil this down to as few words as I can so you can go but the the thing is is that it, it's our country and we've allowed it to not be our country. it's no longer America we're not free, we're not loving under the constitution and what they're concerned about the FBI is saying they're concerned about is that oh there's all these mag people out there and they could be our biggest threat of violence well that's it's not true from any evidence it is true that there is as this clown is saying across the Rubicon we've gone to a point now where the uh, The country's put up with about all it's going to put up with. I mean, those of us who want to be free, we've put up with about all we're going to put up with. All we need is one more, oh, you have to wear a mask, or you can't fly on a plane, or you can't have a surgery, or whatever, because of a fake COVID thing going on.
1: Well, you're certainly not going to get a whole hell of a lot of medical treatment now that 75,000 workers went on strike. I mean, well, we, seem to, we seem to be spiraling into strike after strike after strike. I mean, you know about my, well, my issue. Yeah. Where, I mean, so, nothing is going right in this country. No, Literally. And, and, and we
0: just now, you know, the, the head of the clown show, the chief clown, finally decided that, oh, I'm going to waive these laws, 26 laws, so that we can start building this wall that uh, he's fought his his career to not build this wall.
1: So... You're talking about on the, the southern bottom, border? Yeah. I didn't hear yeah. anything about that. And you know what? Yeah. It's too late. Yeah. It's oh, it late. is. It's too late. It is. Well, what he,
0: he's trying to do here is prevent the House Republicans from impeaching Mayorkas and uh, impeaching him. And this is a preemptive well, strike. So the bottom line is, is that the country's gone as long as it's going to, and that it doesn't take long for civil disobedience to become violent. So the, the old the civil disobedience that we've talked about like Martin Luther King did with marches and things like that became very violent. Uh, I mean it was because of the the white democrat sheriffs and the white democrat chief of police who made it violent. It yeah. wasn't these now I know in Kansas City when I lived there in 68 we had uh, riots there that were definitely the people who were demonstrating were were being violent, but that was after other crap had happened. So they were, that happened in other cities too, and it happened with the Bowel movements matter. Uh, <laughs> you know, with when Trump was president, and all that crap was allowed to happen, but. The the so-called MAGA people have have not been violent at all. They I think they should have been. This the insurrection day uh, was not a. Yeah, well there were a few violent incidents that happened.
1: Yeah, for sure. But,
0: yeah, and they got out of control. The cops got out of control. Um, the cops were undermined by their own bosses and Nancy Pelosi. But we've been denied knowing all that. But enough stuff has come out that reveal that we've been lied to by these assholes who run the country. And the people who want to be free, like us, have put up with all we're going to. And the FBI has recognized that that's the case. And that we are a threat. We are a violent threat. But it's also a case of justifiable homicide, if you look at it as a defense lawyer, that if we don't get violent, then we're going to get killed. Mm-hmm. The FBI has already, you know, I made light of it, but, and I shouldn't have probably, but they did mm-hmm. shoot a guy down in cold blood in, in Utah a few weeks ago, uh, the, that action did not need to happen at all. And the, the, uh, we all know it now. So if they pull up on me in, in front of my house while we're talking, then there's, there's going to be a problem because I know darn well what's going to happen. If they, if they start climbing out of their trucks with their rifles and all, well, they're going to shoot me just like they shot that guy. So at some point we're going to start fighting back, and it's they know that that's going to happen. Uh, election time is going to trigger it.
1: Well, let but me let me. That
0: that's that's what I have to say is that they they've seen nothing that is legitimate, but there are legitimate reasons why the country is going to get violent, and they're trying to act like they're responding to something real and they're actually responding to something that they have created they created this problem like you said they've created the issue and, and i think intentionally so so i'll shut up and let you finish
1: well i'm i'm getting ready to um I'm getting ready to rain on your parade. Because I haven't even touched the surface when it comes to this. Yeah, and and there's going to be a specific part of this uh, story that I received that is going to to piss you off. I mean, it it, it made me the whole things made me angry, but this is really ridiculous. So. Um, The FBI said that the threat of domestic violent extremists in the United States remains ongoing, uh, is continuing to expand, and is deadly. The agency noted that its goal is to detect potential terrorist attacks and prevent them before they happen by focusing on illegal activity, violence, and threats of potential violence. Now, that's a slippery slope because... Who's determining or who is who is uh, uh, the expert that decides that that's a violent threat or a, or a potential threat of violence yeah so they can they can twist that in any way they see fit to go after someone who really isn't making any kind of physical threats or or you know uh uh expressing that they're going to commit violence. You know, me saying I'm angry and I'm sick of this shit doesn't necessarily mean that I am going to take it upon myself to go out and, you know, commit a crime and, and be violent or, you know, target some FBI agent. I'm just, that that's not what most sane people do. And, and I am a Trump supporter. I, I'm all about making America great. I don't know why that's such a trigger for these people. I don't get what's so negative about make America great. Who, who doesn't want America to be great?
0: Well, it's the the Democrat Party.
1: So the FBI it's, is claiming, yeah, I get that. Well, yeah. And, and anybody that, that votes Democrat. You know what? Well,
2: I, I, and and the
0: George Bush Republicans, the George H.W. Bush Republicans, the globalists. They're the ones who are anti-America.
1: Yeah, and, uh, and here's the thing. I wouldn't piss on okay. their asshole if their guts were on fire. I mean, go away. You know, we, we heard, and we've talked about this before, we've heard people threaten to leave the country if so-and-so gets elected. Well, the, bye. Bye. Yeah, what, what's what's the holdup? Yeah, you need you need me to purchase you a plane ticket because I can do that. I'd yeah, be I, more than happy to do that. Yeah,
0: I'm willing to pitch in on that one.
1: Yeah. So so here they go. You know, continuing on with their their uh, the diarrhea of the mouth. They're, they're committed to protecting the safety and constitutional rights of all Americans and will never open an investigation based solely on First Amendment-protected activity, including persons' political beliefs or affiliations. Lie. That's a lie. Yeah, it is. <laughs> they, they've already done it. <laughs>
2: yeah, exactly.
1: I, I mean, yeah. you, you'd have to be an ignorant—you'd you, have to have the IQ of Joe Biden which is probably half, to believe that statement.
0: Yeah.
1: And and unfortunately, if you took all the Democrats in in the United States and and put them all in one room, the IQ would be about 10. And I'm being generous. Yeah, I was going to say,
0: that's an incredibly generous of you today. Yeah, you you know,
1: I'm getting... I I was expecting
0: a a more rich rant.
1: Well, I wanted to go negative, but
2: I'll give them the
1: benefit benefit of the doubt. Um, (laughs) And and say that, you know, the entire Democrat uh, portion of our society has about a combined 10 IQ. So, um... So while the FBI has claimed that its investigations are not political in nature, uh, Newsweek reported that a recent Department of Homeland Security and FBI joint report to Congress highlighted what the agency views as potential threats of domestic terrorism. political developments such as narratives of fraud in the recent general election, the emboldening impact of the violent breach of the U.S. Capitol, conditions related to the COVID-19 pandemic, and conspiracy theories promoting violence will almost certainly spur some domestic terrorists to try to engage in violence i I don't remember uh, anybody that was involved in January sixth prosecuted for domestic terrorism not one nor insurrection yeah so where wh- who are these domestic terrorists that 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 they're uh Claiming exist, I mean nobody. You know, my
0: my answer is the FBI has been. You know, the only the only
1: domestic terrorists that we've ever had have been the ones that were uh, recruited online by ISIS. Yeah, and and they went over to Afghanistan and Iraq, but like they didn't carry out. I mean, I guess you could say that um, uh, what's his name that did the Oklahoma bombing. Was was a domestic terrorist? Yep. You know, but that, but that's pretty obvious, right? That's an obvious example of a domestic terrorist.
0: Well, and he was actually triggered by the Waco thing. Yes. So
1: let's not forget that. That you know, that's that was, which was a a, a complete disaster. Yeah. Uh, carried out. By the ATF and the FBI.
0: Yeah, the attorney general of our country actually should have been prosecuted over that.
1: Well, they admit yeah. now, you know, back then yeah, they were ran. like, oh, yeah. well, it was necessary and we didn't do anything wrong. But, but you know, a lot of those people no. are gone. You know, they're not, yeah. they're not in the business or, or, or they're deceased or whatever. Um, so it's okay now to, to admit that, hey, we, we handled that <laughs> completely wrong. Yeah You know, and and all the people You know, the vast majority of the people That were at the compound in Waco Are dead Uh, Save a few And, uh, you know, it's water under the bridge now So, yeah, I will admit we made some mistakes (sighs) Really? You think? Do you think?
0: Yeah, it's just like wounded me You know, that was a long time ago Everyone's dead But, you know, it got a little out of hand. You think. Sand Creek, same
1: thing. So this, know. yeah. So this report, and it, and it keeps getting better. It's noted, noted that each of the threats listed by the federal authorities is closely associated with the MAGA Republicans who support, support Trump. Uh, it's reported that the FBI released a report titled, Domestic violent extremist emboldened in aftermath of capital breach elevated domestic terrorism threat of violence likely amid political transitions and beyond. In the FBI's report, the agency changed the definition of anti-government, anti-authority violent extremism, A-G-A-A-V-E. From furtherance of ideological agendas to furtherance of political and/or social agendas. See how they manipulate it.
0: Yeah, and and it's not a a law
1: either. No, it's just it's a, actually a bureaucratic action. Yeah, I mean, there's no legislation passed by our government and nope. signed into law by the president. Yeah. It's, it's, like that, it's like that guy who uh, the ATF approached and said, hey, if you just turn over your, uh, your braces and stuff, you won't be in any trouble. Well, that's not a law. He, he, didn't, he wasn't breaking the law. He didn't have to turn over anything. You remember that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, good for him for standing up for his rights because I'm sorry, the ATF doesn't write law. They don't legislate. They, they can have any damn rule that they think that they can have, and and as long as it's not a law, you can shove it where the sun doesn't shine. Yeah, because I, I don't have to I don't have to uh, um, adhere to guidelines or rules. So, as the result of the definition change. It's reported that Americans could be labeled a potential threat as a result of their political affiliation despite assurances by the FBI. Again, gee, you think? In 2022, the FBI unveiled a new domestic threat subcategory labeled A G A A V E, Other, which is used to describe individuals the FBI believes could pose a threat but cannot be classified into militia, sovereign citizen, or anarchist categories. There's the rain on your parade, Ron. (laughs) And what I said, if you Google militia, you'll get one definition. If you duck-duck-go it, it's a completely different definition. And they have bastardized the word militia, which happens to be written into the Constitution— that says we as the the people of this country are 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 fully within the the confines of the law to form militias yeah and here they're 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 bastardizing the term and and you know, if, if if you mention the word militia, maybe that puts you in—that's a, a, a red flag for them. Mm-hmm. Well, again, you don't have to kiss my ass on the right side or the left side, but smack dab in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, so that classification is defined: a uh, g a a v e other as individuals. As domestic violent extremists who cite anti-government or anti-authority motivations for violence or criminal activity not otherwise defined, such as individuals motivated by a desire to commit violence against those with a real or perceived association with a specific political party or faction of a specific political party. What? Yeah. What? What? Well, you know, it you know,
0: the old saying is ignorance of the guideline is no excuse. <laughs> yeah, these 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 asshole bureaucrats, you know, they expect you know, we have no obligation this to is, follow it, it an just interior gets, guideline.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, it gets dumber. So when when an anonymous FBI officer was asked about the new subcategory. The officer answered, what, are, what other name could we use? What, what an idiot. That's the only thing that the, the tremendous rank and file could come up with. You couldn't, you couldn't yeah. come up with any other name. And the only reason you came up with that name is because it doesn't sound so threatening. But the, but the, the meaning behind it, the definition, is threatening. Uh, so the FBI officer defended the agency's change, of course, and claimed that it was meant to help keep better track of domestic threats in response to Congress pressuring the Bureau. Oh, oh my ass bleeds for you. You, you have a little pressure on you because most people think that you're lower than a slug and that yeah. you're you're corrupt and that you target certain individuals based on political affiliation mm-hmm. and based on your definition of domestic terrorism uh, yeah. which which are non-existent
0: just because I think actually they're an ongoing criminal enterprise, just like. RICO spells out. The FBI is. So, <laughs> I there's nothing that you're outlining here that tells me otherwise.
1: You gotta hear this. This jack wagon. Obviously, if Democratic Party supporters result to violence, it, A-G-A-A-V-E, other... It's almost like LBGTQI. I was just but, thinking I mean, that. Man, it's just so dumb, dude. It's so dumb. Oh, yeah. yeah. They really are stupid. Would apply to them as well, the FBI yeah. officer said. It doesn't matter that there is a low likelihood of that.
3: <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah.
1: really? I, I, again, yeah. you, you missed the, the riots for a whole entire year. Yeah, and exactly. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, the the weather underground, you know, bombing the Capitol. And you missed all that shit. Where the hell yeah. have you been all this time?
0: Yeah, this is clearly you, you, something they have planned. Because they've, uh, I think they've got something else planned that goes beyond uh, the rigging that went on in 2020 i mean i think they're anticipating that uh, not just a spontaneous shooting here or there i think they're planning on some major activities i maybe it's take you know going and taking people's guns away maybe it's this or that i I don't really know but uh, they've been prattling on about this for a couple of years now and uh, to hear about you know, regulatory change now is uh, just another bastardization of the Patriot Act. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. proof, proof, proof that it ought to be repealed.
1: No, they keep, they keep uh, re-upping it and, and making it even worse and worse. Yeah. I mean, like I said before, you know, Obama, he was against the Patriot Act and, and campaigned against it. And then when it came due to expire, he renewed it and made it even stronger. Yeah. You know, so here we go with the lying liars that lie about lying again. I mean, you lied. And I was against the Patriot Act when a Republican and a a so-called conservative Yeah. uh, You know, said, hey, this is, you know, this is going to help with, uh, you know, terrorism from Iran, uh, you know, Iran and Iraq and Afghanistan, and uh, you know, this is what it's for. When it was, it was for everybody, even U.S. citizens. Yeah, it, wasn't, it wasn't developed because of what happened on nine eleven. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So he says yes. In practical t- practical terms, it refers to MAGA. So they admit it. Yeah. Though, the carefully constructed language is wholly nonpartisan. Let me tell you something. This is where I'm going to get pissed off. And then I'm going to be done. We keep hearing that Trump is a threat to democracy. MAGA supporters and Trump supporters and anybody that thinks Make America Great is a good idea is a threat to democracy.. I'll tell you who the real threat to democracy is.. The real threat to democracy is the FBI.. Yeah The real threat to democracy is the doJ.. The real threat to democracy is the Department of Defense... The Real threat to democracy.. is the Pentagon.. The real threat to democracy is Joe Biden, The real threat to democracy is Nancy Pelosi.. Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, uh, Klaus Schwab, George Soros. Those are the real threats to our democracy, which we are really not a a democracy. We are a constitutional republic. So I'm tired of hearing that bullshit in the first place. But that's the real threat to democracy, if that's what you want to call it. And every, every single one of those... Mark Milley, thank God he is gone. Thank God that he is no longer the Joint Chief uh, uh, Chief of Staff. The guy coming in isn't much better, but he was a threat to our democracy. Uh, Karl Rove, threat to democracy. I'll name some Republicans. Mitt Romney, threat to democracy. Here's Here's the... Here is the, I guess, label that I will put on them. They all have one thing in common. And and you more or less taught me this. Every single one of them is a Marxist. Mm -hmm. Every single one of them. And there are Marxists in the FBI. There are Marxists in Congress. There are Marxists in the White House. There are Marxists, Marxists in the Pentagon, and these people are the real threat to democracy. And if you can't see that, you're dismissed. Yeah. yeah. And every single one of those agencies, and, and Christopher Ray, and, and Mayorkas and Merrick Garland, they can all kiss my ass. Yeah. Period. I don't It's care amazing
0: anything. how many people in
1: this country are Marxists. And I would allow them to do that. That is not a threat. That is an invitation. Kiss yeah. my ass. You can't, you can't dictate to me, as a free American, and as a person that, that was a, in the United States Army and would die for this country, not anymore, but would have, before all this nonsense came about, yeah. um... You can't dictate to me, based on the oath that I took and I understand and the Constitution that I read and that I understand, that you get to dictate to me who I can follow, who I can uh, donate to, who I can vote for, and and if you don't like them, that I'm a terrorist? Again, not on the right, not on the left, but smack dab in the middle. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sick of this shit, and, and these people, you know, manipulating the language and twisting things, and and other ignorant people, just like them, are probably going, you know, that's probably a really good thing, because, you know, uh, Capitol riot was, you know, the insurrection was a really bad day, and, you know, uh, it's probably worse than 9-11, and... Uh, Cause they hear that shit on TV or or whoever they're listening to. You know the women of the View. Again, uh, every single one of them old hags can kiss my ass. So that, that's pretty much the only. That was my rant. Well, I don't disagree. Um,
0: obviously. That's uh, quite the realization, though, isn't it? To recognize that that is what is really going on.
1: Yeah, and I, again, I don't think a lot of people, uh, either they don't care or they're just not paying attention. Well, I think will And then, and I, and that, and then you know, I guess they'll go about their daily lives and just not say anything. They may they may think like I do and they may feel like I do. They may say, "Hey, you're right." But I'm not going to say anything because I don't want the FBI knocking on my door. You know the old yeah. the old George Carlin NIMBY uh, you know, not in my backyard. So I'll just I'll just skate by. Well, you can only skate by for so long and these people, you know, they keep gaining more and more power. And here's the, this is the exact, I said this earlier, this is the thing that the founding fathers warned us about. And that when government and the bureaucracies get too big for their own good, that is up to us to straighten it out. Well,
0: and and that is the trigger of the violence. That is there's a realization that that's going to happen because they know, they know they've gone too far. They actually recognize that they've gone too far and they've gone, they've gone as far as they're going to without
1: having uh, pushback. So let me ask you a question. If If Donald Trump wins, and there are riots in the street, will those people be deemed domestic terrorists? And if he loses, will anything happen to those people? But let's say he runs and he loses. And, you know, conservatives take to the streets. Will they be arrested? And will they be charged with domestic terrorism? Because I, I hate... I hate this two-tier justice system crap and all that. Listen, you've been bitching about that long enough. Nobody's doing anything about it. So I'm tired of hearing about it. Until you have a solution, shut the hell up. Yeah. Um, so the question is, if he wins and the, and the, and the Democrats riot in the streets and protest, is anything going to happen to him, to them? if he if he loses and the republicans and the conservatives take to the streets what's the difference going to be
0: yeah well that is precisely what we've been talking about for the last year yeah is is that we don't have equal protection under the law and uh what they're trying to do is head off a uh, in other words, they wanna they wanna take what. I'll back up a second. Here. You know, re- recall what I said about the insurrection crap, where they already knew who they were going to arrest and prosecute before the violent insurrection even happened, because they were listening in on phone calls. They had people tapped. They had their own activists in place who are agitating in these various groups that there weren't a lot of them, but it only takes, you know, a crowd of a million people, it only takes, you know, one protest group to stir up something. But if you've got three or four and the feds are in there agitating them, like that Ray Epps guy was doing. Then, then you're going to have some things go on that people didn't contemplate, and it was, and it's done by the government actually going in and agitating for it. So, you know, I think most of most militia people would not go there with any intention to do violence uh, unless they had their their weapons with them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, that's just not, that's against their nature entirely, you know. Uh, so this crap about them going there and planning on taking over the country when they're not even armed, well, that ends as soon as people show up with guns. So... You know that's just a non-starter. But you know what? So, Based
1: on what I just read, can you even say that anymore? I mean, can you even imply that that? And, and you're not being specific, but but you are saying that this is what leads to violence. These yeah. things that they're doing. Yeah, they're provoking violence. But yeah. but what I'm saying is, they could take that and go, well, Ron. Uh, He's talking about, you know, violence, and, and based on our new rule, um, that's a threat of violence. When you're not really saying, hey, you know, I'm going to gather 50 friends, and we're going to, you know, load our weapons up and drive to Washington, D.C., and, and, you know, kick the front door in at the U.S. Capitol, and you know what I mean? There, there's yeah. no implication of that from you. But based on what I just read, they they can tw- they can twist that and say, "Oh, he's a he's a threat to democracy." You know, that's what we talked about concerning the patriot. Yeah. Act. Mm-hmm. I mean, so so we can't voice our opinion anymore and say, "Hey, guess what, FBI, you're full yeah. of shit." Yeah. That what they're doing is they're
0: encroaching on the First Amendment. You know the same way they've been going after the Second Amendment. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that that's basically what they're doing is they're saying, yeah, oh no, this whole thing about uh, freedom of speech has gone too far because it, there's, they're threatening violence and uh, we just have to nip that in the bud. Well. <laughs> That's bullshit. So the, the problem is, is that if you go to court, oh, you know let's say they want to prosecute me for what I just said, even though it's not illegal to say what I just said, mm-hmm. I'm violating a guideline that I don't even know about because I, it's not even my do- job to know what their guidelines are. It's only my job to know what the laws are. And if they're unconstitutional, I really have a a duty to violate them anyway and trust that the courts will uphold uh, the Constitution, even though, ha ha, they don't. Uh, But yeah, we're supposed to have our day in court. But if they show up and shoot me instead of arresting me, then I won't even have my day in court. Uh, and, and I think that is really what they're trying to do is tell us that uh, we're going to show up and we're going to shoot you. And uh, they're going to go after people like like the January Sixers who were organizing that thing that were going to get out of hand. they knew who those people were and uh, they targeted them and they went after them to arrest them. Um, as soon as they found their faces or what have you on the tapes. Mm -hmm. They already knew who those people were. They had their list of people they wanted to prosecute ahead of time. And they had spent months and months putting all of that work together. Uh, That was their their conspiracy to obstruct whatever you want to call it. Uh, freedom of association. What were they doing listening on all those people without warrants? So, you know, the, the pain Trade Act just went way too far. Yeah. So I, I really think there's an obligation to push back uh, from the get-go. Not just React, you know, mo- most of us, including me, react. You know, they someone wants a a COVID card. Well, no, no, thank you. I'm not going to do that. Well, it's it's time to just push back against the cards ahead of time.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, same thing with everything else. And and I got to think about this when I was was talking with my one of my cousins about this, uh, you know, replacing Paul McCartney, you know, as the Speaker (laughs) of (laughs) the I
1: guess the walrus is dead now, right? You know, they made a big, huge deal out of that, and I'm going to tell you something, you know, especially the Democrats. Oh, the Republican Party is broken, and, you know, they're divided and all this stuff. Again, so uh, McCarthy made history twice. Once by uh, having to be voted on 15 or 16 times before he became Speaker. It's never happened that many times before. Second, being the first Speaker of the House to be ousted. And, you know, Democrats are spiking the ball, and I'm thinking, man, this is exactly what someone like me as a conservative is like. I, I, you know, I feel for the guy. Um we we don't know what goes on behind closed doors and we've discussed that. You know back backroom deals and all this other stuff. Um and whether whether he was treated fairly or not, we don't none of us know that. Uh he just wasn't very well liked. And so we saw democracy in action. And yet, people make a huge deal out of it. Oh, my gosh, now the troops aren't going to get paid, and, you know, now the, you know, the um, VA is not going to get money, and what? That's that's not true. Right. None of that is true. So the mass media takes a story like that and twists it into, you know, this, oh, my gosh, it's chaos. It's you know, I, I, I'm, I haven't yet heard it, uh, but I'm sure somewhere somebody said it, we're, we're in a, a constitutional crisis because we don't have a Speaker of the House. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, sh- <laughs> just shut up. Yeah. You know, everything's, everything's a constitutional crisis when, you know, uh, the Democrats think, oh, this is such a bad thing. Listen... I I get that only eight. It only took eight people, plus all the Democrats, to oust him as Speaker of the House. And whether that's fair or not, that's the rule they made. I don't know if most people know this, but Nancy, well, Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi changed that when she was Speaker of the House. That yeah. she could not be removed. The deal was, when McCarthy became Speaker, that he could be um, up for uh, a a motion to vacate if he didn't perform accordingly. So they changed the rule back. Yeah. Which, which, by the way, that's how it always was. Exactly. Well, here... Yeah, yeah, exactly. But here's my In point. fact, what
0: they did was they they wrote it down to where you could ask someone with five people yes who were willing to do something. Yes. Well, it was always used to just be one. One person. And it and it only happened one time uh with a Republican um, yeah. I want to say it was like 1910 or something like that. It was a long time ago, but uh, well,
1: they said he was the first one ever to be ousted as speaker. in, well, his, in history, he
0: was he was because the guy who uh, it was used, the motion to vacate was used on before uh, survived the vote. Ah,
1: so they voted, but, it, but they didn't. They weren't successful. I see what you saying.
0: Exactly. Yeah. He in fact he called their bluff and said, "Oh, sure, we'll do that." And uh, he scheduled the vote and everything. And uh, he knew that he was going to be fine. I mean, let's face it, they usually are. Uh, That's the thing that is so surprising is that something just happened that has never happened here before. And that is we voted out a Speaker of the House. That had never happened before. And the rules used to be way more lax because people got along. People were not, I, I don't, that's, that's the wrong terminology. Um, we were all in the same boat. We had people that would, would try to row in different directions or slack off and not row at all. But there was a recognition in Congress that we were all in the same boat. This was our country. We could disagree on what we wanted, but there was a recognition that we, we either stick together or, or we die individually. So that is what has changed in the last five decades.
1: Well, now they want to reverse it back. And this is exactly what I've i have talked about.
0: Exactly, and, yeah. uh, and we have and we have uh, McConnell leading the charge on it. Yeah. You know, the, uh, sorry. The guy who ought to be voted out next.
1: Yeah. Sorry, piece of crap. Well, yeah, he is. Yeah. Well, but but the bottom line is is they want protection. They they don't want to they don't want to be held accountable to where they can be kicked out. So they they want to reverse it now so that it's the old way or you know the old way that's now new, right? Yeah, the the Nancy Pelosi the way. The Nancy Pelosi way. Uh so that it can't happen again and that, you know they're secure in their position. Well, that's the exact opposite of what I want. Yeah. Again, we don't we don't know uh, you know there there are accusations that he was making uh, deals with Joe Biden over Ukraine aid without anybody else's you know input. Um, and and I I get that Jim Jordan went to bat for him. I get that a couple other people went to bat for him. Uh, but I mean, look, from the very beginning, he wasn't. <laughs> he wasn't popular for Speaker of the House I mean 16 votes really to finally get enough people and and he said his piece and and I know him and Matt Gates have you know some sort of you know personal issue between the two um but eight uh, seven other people joined him and uh, you know, whether it's a good or a bad thing, uh, uh, people can make their own choice. Um, as a matter of fact, let's, let's listen to uh, Matt Gates here, uh, who actually, um, you know, put forward the motion to vacate.
3: Obama says that my colleagues and I who don't support Kevin McCarthy would plunge, the House and the country into chaos. Chaos is Speaker McCarthy. Chaos is somebody who we cannot trust with their word. The one thing that the White House, House Democrats, and many of us on the conservative side of the Republican caucus would argue is that the thing we have in common, Kevin McCarthy said something to all of us at one point or another that he didn't really mean and never intended to live up to. I don't think voting against Kevin McCarthy is chaos. I think 33 trillion in debt is chaos. I think that facing a 2.2 trillion dollar annual deficit is chaos. I think that not passing single subject spending bills is chaos. I think the fact that we have been governed in this country since the mid 90s by continuing resolution and omnibus is chaos. And the way to liberate ourselves from that is a series of reforms to this body that I would hope would outlast Speaker McCarthy's time here, would outlast my time here, and would outlast either of our majorities. Reforms that I have heard some of the most conservative members of this body fight for, and some of the reforms that we've been battling for that I've even heard those in the Democrat caucus say would be worthy and helpful to the House, like open amendments, like understanding what the budget is. We have been out of compliance with budget laws for most of my life, most of many of your lives. And by the way, if we did those things, if we had single subject bills, if we had an understanding on the top line, if we had open amendments, if we had trust and honesty and understanding, there would be times when my conservative colleagues and I would lose, might be a few times when we'd win. There'd be times that we would form partnerships that might otherwise not be uh, really predictable in the American body politic, but the American people would see us legislating.
1: Yeah. What did I say about two or three months ago? And he fell just <laughs> short of saying it.
3: Yeah,
1: That they create all the chaos. Finally, yeah. finally, whether you like Matt Gates or not, yeah. finally somebody said, we create the chaos of debt, we create the chaos of a deficit, we create the chaos of you know, inflation. I mean, he didn't say all that, but that's exactly what he's referring to. Well, exactly. I, I just,
0: I just have to point out that there was something that uh Hakeem on, or whatever his name oh, is, God. The, the Democrat, who's yeah, the, the,
1: the this supposedly well, to be the next speaker for them. Yeah, I know who you're talking. Hakeem, <laughs> Hakeem Jeffries. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, Oh, Moron, okay, okay. by the way. Oh, complete. Um, but at any rate, he said that the reason the Democrats were not going to do anything to defend McCarthy or something like that was that they had lost faith that he could be trusted. That he was not a trustworthy person. That he had uh, broken agreements. Uh, right. Yeah. Essentially, that he was not a trustworthy person. Mm-hmm. And I and I just the immediate thought I had was, "And Nancy Pelosi was?" <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> or seriously, you know, ninety-seven percent of you are trustworthy.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I'm like. You know uh, oh my God why he he's talking when he didn't need to be talking because he's talking and his words are not supporting what his point is because he just lied you know um, no he that's that's not why they went against McCarthy if if they had concerns about ethics they would have tossed her out on her fat ass. Mm-hmm. You know?
1: Well, they I mean, they, done... they, they would have done that to uh, uh, Ilhan Omar, they would have done that to AOC. You know, she, you know she received really? a, the you know the the tax the rich dress that she wore to the the banquet or whatever. Yeah, you know, and right. it was gifted to her, you know, it's a $25,000 dress and her you know her fiance got shoes and, and a tie and, and some other gifts. That they never claimed, and and that's that's actually uh, in the rules for those people that they're not supposed to accept anything like that. And then of right. course, and then of course she's caught, and she you know says, "Hey, we intended to pay for it, but forgot," or some you know line of bullshit. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so when you're sitting, I, I get what you're saying. When you're sitting there and you're listening to that. It's coming from someone who's probably not in the establishment mix, but he's still part of the same uh, house that gets nothing done. So the, yeah. the chaos that he's talking about that, that has ha- been happening almost all of his life and pretty much all of ours it just continues to, to go on and on and on and nobody's serious when it comes to you know fixing uh, uh, the, the you know the border crisis or inflation or any of the other stuff I mean seriously now when it's a, a year from election that Joe Biden's going to say oh I'm finally going to recognize that we need to put a wall up at the border get the hell out of here
0: yeah.
1: You know, I think the, the estimate of uh, illegal immigrants that have entered this country since Joe Biden became president, I, I believe, is seven to 10 million.
0: Holy, Holy crap. crap.
1: I'll, I'll go out on, on a limb here and I'll tell you this. I bet it's 20 or 30. I, I'm just. I I think that's the real number. Could be. I... When you have when you have 150 to 250 thousand people cross the border every month, he's been president for over two years. Do the math. Well, the the problem that we that's have with just it is the, ones they the know same about.
0: problem. Yeah, it's the same problem we had with COVID where no one was auditing the numbers. Oh, oh, the same problem we had with the election. No one was auditing what was going on. So we have no way of knowing how many votes were fraudulent. We have no way of knowing how many fraudulent uh, COVID cases there were, and we have no idea how many illegal people are in the country because no one was no one was in charge of counting any of those things and it's it's chaos that is precisely correct i i don't disagree with anything he said there or anything that you're saying um i i think that we have a nation of people where there's a whole lot of People who are not up in arms because they basically are closeted Marxists. They have been. I know a bunch of them. I bet you do too. Where I had no idea they really were Marxists until Obama was elected. Mm-hmm. And now it, it's sort of cool to become out, to come out and be a you know a, a Che Guevara kind of guy or woman because yeah, I mean, people
1: wear his t-shirt you know
0: well yeah and it's,
1: it's and it's ridiculous they don't, yeah, I don't think just, they even know who he is
0: well that's the whole thing is that there's a failure to acknowledge that these these people who are are marxist revolutionaries are cruel and violent people and millions many millions of people have been killed over marxism Mm -hmm. and sure marxism does not have to be uh cruel and violent i mean the europe has has basically been a marxist system for Well, since actually about the end of World War II. Mm -hmm. Um, Quasi, you know, uh, basically a democratic form of Marxism. And as as Marxism light goes, which is what I tend to call it, I guess, you know, if people want that, then okay. Let's just not pretend, though, that it's a, that those are free countries because they're not free countries. Um, but w- there's just, people in this country would not call themselves a Marxist. They would not say that they're, well, a socialist. Just, they're, if they're comfortable with any word, it's, it's socialist more than Marxist. Right. But, but they just wouldn't even admit that. Um, but they're, they're not up in arms because they essentially agree that, oh, this country needs Marxism. This kind the world needs Marxism. It's the only fair, uh, method of governance.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Fair for the government.
0: Yeah. Because for some reason, capitalism is not, um, freedom and liberty is not uh oh because people are taken advantage of or whatever and that never ever happens in marxist governments everyone's treated fairly Mm -hmm. and kindly and no one falls through the cracks and uh well, I'm gonna puke if I keep going. But
2: that's what these
0: that's what these people are seriously, that's what they believe. Yeah. And it is, I I keep saying it, but it Marxism is a belief system. It is not anything other than that. It's not like you know, Christianity is a is a philosophy. It's a belief system. Mm-hmm. And so is Marxism. So they they actually believe that this Marxist philosophy uh, will be all things to all people. And that, oh yeah, it's just never been done properly or or whatever. Yeah. Well, bold. So the bottom line is though that they have now. Now that they have the country, they've emboldened themselves to the point where they're willing to come out of their closets, or if not, if they're not willing to come out of their closet and acknowledge it, they're acknowledging it in other ways, which is essentially by not speaking out against it, because they are in favor of it. Mm -hmm. So there's a, most of these people are just really enjoying uh, seeing those of us who love freedom uh, twisting in the wind, you know, they're they're really enjoying this. Uh, it's, it's just sad to see, um, but that it is where we are. And the FBI is, and the uh, these others, especially like in the Pentagon, they recognize that. This is the point where people will either push back or they won't. And they're trying to prepare for the inevitable rioting, shootings, killings, what have you, that are going to result by the next big thing they try to pull off, whatever that is and uh i mean we've been talking about that for quite a while now of you know what is it if if not this what will cause people to rise up mm-hmm. and
1: uh well i think there's two things i think that one could possibly be uh another questionable election um and the other could be you know Trump convicted and and they try to put him in prison. I mean, they're obviously trying to destroy him financially. You know this this uh, case that he's going through right now in in New York. They want him to dissolve his companies. Um, I, I don't know if that's if there's precedent for that. Um, you know that a judge can can rule that. Well, you know we we believe you committed fraud, so you no longer own any companies i, I I'm sure there might be um, and this this trial is interesting he's actually uh, he's gone to the trial i mean he's gone to the trial hey, oh yeah he, he didn't have to be there um I think he's pissed off, and I think he's, he has a right to be pissed off. You know, the appellate court said that 80% of the case that they brought against him needed to be dropped, and they, they re- recommended that those certain things were dropped because they uh, went past the statute of limitations. And this, I think, the well, last I heard, I, I haven't been paying attention in the last couple of days, but uh, the judge said that he's going to allow them to, to go forward. And even if he loses, uh, it, you know, there's going to be an appeal and it's going to go it, it, probably all the way to the Supreme mm-hmm. Court. I mean, you know, and, and fortunately there have been decisions made by the Supreme, Supreme Court recently that, uh, you know, they they, they, uh, they took that case for having him, him uh, removed from the ballot, the 2024 presidential ballot to the Supreme Mm -hmm. court and they told them to get bent. Um, they, they weren't going to allow that to happen. So, I mean, you know, there is a a glimmering, uh, hope there that, you know, those people that sit in that (coughs) beautiful courthouse can still make some rational decisions. But I wanted to ask you, um, you had mentioned something about, uh,
0: well, see, there's something about this speakership uh, that I wanted to get to.
1: Oh, go ahead. Well, let me, let, me, mo- let me bring this up real quick, though. I don't know if I mentioned this, but you had mentioned um, the, the attack on the First and the Second Amendment and, you know, um, that we're not free. We've mentioned that before. And I don't know if I brought this up during uh, a previous episode. I think that I might have. Where 34% of uh, Democrats say that Americans have too much freedom. (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
0: my yeah.
1: Um, so the, uh, the real, real clear opinion research survey indicated that most Americans support the concept of free speech. The poll also showed that Americans are deeply divided on the issue of censorship. Uh, according to the research survey, Democrats are much more supportive of the government regulating free speech Gee, no way. Get out of here. 34% of Democrat voters believe American citizens have too much freedom. 46% of Republicans said Americans have too little freedom. And only 14.6% of Republicans believe Americans have too much freedom only 22% of Democrats indicated that Americans have too little freedom. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. But I wanted to kind of throw a couple of those numbers out there because of what you had said.
0: Um, well, yeah, the Constitution uh, basically says that it's okay to regulate just how much freedom there is. The you know, the... <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, th- this is an important.
0: Yeah, you, you can speak freely, but not too freely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's what it says exactly. Yeah. No, it, that's just any, uh, any incursion on it is, is an incursion on it. Well, so,
1: like, like me saying, you know, kiss my ass. Yeah. Well, we don't think you should be able to say that. You might be able to say, like, place your lips lovingly on my buttocks. Yeah. yeah. But you can't say kiss my ass. Uh, well, so one more see, thing from this survey that's um, kind of astounding. The survey found that 74% of Republican voters and 61% of independents believe free speech should be considered legal under any circumstances. So basically, unlimited. Which is really what it is. I mean, the Constitution doesn't say in the First Amendment, freedom of speech, but, or. Yeah. You know what I mean? It it doesn't say that. Now, I I get that you, you know, maybe shouldn't threaten the president, or, but why not? Yeah,
0: people used to do that all the time.
1: I mean, I'll acknowledge that we have a country that's full of a lot of mentally unstable people. Just mention the word Democrat. Yeah. Uh, but but I mean, just because I mean I, I I have said to my wife, "Hey, I want to kick that guy's ass." Does that make me a criminal? Am I inciting violence? Am I you know? I may not have said it to their face. But even if I did, what's wrong with that? Yeah. You know? I mean... If I said I wanted to beat the living hell out of... uh, Adam Schiff... So what?
0: It's... It's constitutionally protected speech. Now, it may not be wise... Or it may not be the right setting, or you have to recognize that people will spin it
1: however they want to. But you have the right to say it. But it, but, but, so, but, if if Chuck Schumer and uh, Maxi Pad Waters and all these Democrats can, I mean, literally threaten Supreme Court justices, threaten citizens with, you know, violence, and and, and we could go on. That that's their that's their right. They have free speech, just like and and I acknowledge that. I'm not saying that I, I I agree with it, and that's okay. We don't have to agree. But if they can do it, then why can't I?
0: Well, that's the point, right? That's the the lack of equal protection under the law. Uh, they want to be able for them to be able to do what they want. They want their freedom, but they don't want other people to have theirs.
1: I mean, if so, I wanted to pull a Madonna card and say, you know, one day on our podcast, I'm, I'm going to use her words. These aren't mine. But I've often thought about blowing up the White House. And nothing happens to her. But if I said it and meant it or, you know, even even jokingly said it, there's going to be some Secret Service agents knocking on my door in a couple of days. Yeah. Now, from what I understand, they did visit her. But they probably talked about the weather and had coffee and, and you know, some cookies. Maybe she had some or Oh, <laughs>
0: uh, I wouldn't doubt that she serviced them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: and and uh, you know nothing be, you know became of it. But um, I mean I, I I don't think it was it was right for her to say that. But w- why not? I mean, she's too stupid to do something like that anyway. I mean, I can't imagine her, you know, constructing a a bomb.
2: Oh, she'd blow herself up.
1: Yeah, I mean,
0: she'd blow well, something.
1: She'd blow something. Yeah. I don't
0: know. Well, that's what I'm saying she probably did to the agents. Um, <laughs> the uh, well, so anyway, to the speakership thing. Yeah. What my cousin and I were talking about was uh, I did not used to think that this what i'm about to say was a good move but given what's going on and my read of the country right now i think it ought to be given serious consideration and that is to install trump as the speaker of the house
1: it's widely talked about yeah um Oh, yeah. Could you imagine? Could you imagine, Ron? Think about that for a second. And and Matt Gates saying chaos. <laughs> oh yeah. There would be liberal heads exploding all over the country. Yeah. If and I'll be honest with you, this is one of them things where I think Donald Trump never goes far enough. You know he 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 came out and said, "You know, I'll do whatever's right for the country and the Republican Party, and I'll help in any way I can, but just the I mean I, I would love I would love to be in the House of Representatives if he walked out as the new Speaker of the House. yeah. And I'll tell you what, I get that he, you know, he said that, you know, between, you know, court cases and all this other stuff, it's, it's really interfering with his uh, campaigning and stuff. And he said, I, I would never, I couldn't campaign, you know, and have to be in Congress all the time. But I think he could do a lot. Yeah, that's the whole thing. I think
0: you, you let Trump be Trump. And he was looking at it probably the same way I was, which was the way the speaker's job has always been done. And yet Trump doesn't do things the way people have always done things. He's, he's proven that sometimes his way isn't better. I'm not saying his way is better all the time. But imagine Trump's way of of running the speakership job because I don't know how he would do it. I, I know what would result and that would be heads exploding all, all day, every day mm-hmm. over, oh my God, look at this, oh my God, look at that. But if we look at this speakership change as let's say it's the first shot of a, of a revolution, the first shot that's fired, because it, it really is the first time that the non-Marxists, and, and there were only eight of them, stood up and said, no Moss, we're gonna take out one of our own because we actually believe the, the things that we are saying this guy's dishonest. He's broken a deal. He, we think he has uh, cut out a deal with uh, Biden to bring up a clean vote on uh, Ukraine. Don't know that, but we should certainly think that we suspect it. And Oh, by the way, the, this budget thing isn't, uh, isn't workable either. I mean, we, he promised that we would return to normal order, which I keep, I've been hearing that bullshit.
1: Yeah.
0: So Paul Ryan was Speaker of the House. You know, we're going to return to regular order, meaning we're going to have single subject spending bills. Yeah. Well, that's just never happened. It's And it's because they can, they can get away with more by running things the way they are. And hiding behind, oh, well, we had to do that because uh, otherwise there wouldn't have been enough votes. Well, bull! You know, it's time to have a fight every now and then. It's, it's, it's good to have fights every now and then. So w- this was basically started by eight people who had the guts to stand up for what they believed in. And personally, I think Lauren Boebert uh, ended her career in Congress by voting president. Uh, Just my opinion. Uh, But I think she just basically ended her job as representative in Colorado. Um, So.
1: But uh, you're talking about the vote for vacate?
0: Yeah. Lauren Boebert, she voted uh, present. She didn't vote for uh, McCarthy, but she did not vote
1: against. Him well, either. she was the one. She was one of the holdouts. Yeah, uh, exactly. That didn't. Well, vote, that didn't want to vote. So I don't, and, and so was he's uh, been
0: compromised because he has not funded her uh, properly. When I say he, Kevin McCarthy, has not yeah. funded her. Uh, fight to retain her seat. And the Democrats want that seat like crazy because she triggers them every day she shows up. And, you know, it's just something about uh, an attractive woman who has at least half of a brain. Well, Democrats hate that. And they want to do away with women who are attractive and have at least half of a brain. Yeah. Because you 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 just offended, I just offended, uh the entire uh PMS broadcasting system uh by saying those things. Mm-hmm. Because look at have you ever seen a collection of of uh, frumpy women uh more so than what's on PMS PBS? Um, or MSNBC or any no, of those. I mean, no. oh, my God, they're just the frumpiest people well, anyone ever put on Earth. Listen. So, you know, basically, you know, we, we had a revolution start by pulling McCarthy out of the speakership. And I'm calling it a revolution. It, uh, I'm seeing that it, it could be framed that way. And that having Trump in the speakership job basically uncovers anyone who is against him. Because they're going to be the people who don't work with him. Steve Scalise. Any of these other folks, you know, the the non-eight
3: is <laughs> what I like to read through. So where we were when
0: our Chinese cell phone battery died, yeah. uh, the, uh, what I was thinking with on, uh, on where I've shifted on Trump in the speakership is that I thought before it would just be a political thing to install him in there, you know, back before they even put in um, Paul McCartney. What's what's his name? Bill not Bill McCarthy. Um Kevin. Kevin McCarthy. Yeah. Sorry. I was gonna say Charlie McCarthy next. I'm like, oh you know, he would probably be more believable, but but at any rate, um that it, it would give a running start to an election no one's excited. About. And the Democrats and their bureaucratic state, as you've brought up, the the FBI especially, they are all ready to clamp down on anyone who speaks up and out against uh, the regime. So it just got me thinking when I was talking with my cousin about it, that if, if they actually put in Trump, And it would require, you know, basically 100% Republican support Mm -hmm. to install him. It would be a very controversial move. And there are all kinds of reasons not to, but there are all kinds of reasons to put him in there. I don't see how it's advantageous to go through what I'm thinking because that just alerts folks to maybe something they hadn't thought of. Um, But there's no energy behind anyone in the house. And for good reason. I mean, there's no one to get excited about. Mm -hmm. They're even talking about bringing back Newt Gingrich, who's basically just an older form of, uh, what's the guy's name from New Jersey? The, the,
1: the guy the guy running for president? The
0: buoy, yeah. Huh?
1: Chris Christie. Yeah.
0: Chris Christie, yeah. yeah. He's just an older version of Chris Christie. Only he is more conservative. He is, I guess, more so-called conservative. Um, but he was speaking out against taking out McCarty McCarthy. McCarthy. Mm-hmm. And this whole oh well let's choose our things wisely sort of thing well whether anyone likes it or not you know that horse just left the barn and there's no point in talking about thinking through like like, uh, laura ingram was where well you won't get that you won't get that you know she never gives anyone a chance to talk um when she was talking to uh, matt gates
1: Mm-hmm.
0: was it you that sent me that clip no uh-uh. okay she had matt gates on the other night maybe his last night for all i know and you know how those people are on fox where they can't help but interrupt somebody uh they make a speech then they sort of ask a question and then you've got three seconds and then they're interrupting you again Yeah. and that that's just uh, another yet another reason why i couldn't watch them so, he couldn't get a word in edgewise, and he finally said, if I could get a word in here, you know, uh, they, they can't sit around and think about uh, a, some sort of strategy, like you once could in politics. They need to think strategically as they go along, like a baseball pitcher does. You know, I, I recognize it because I was a baseball pitcher and I'm a strategic thinker. And I love to sit down and plan things out, but only to a certain point because your carefully thought through plan is only good until the first thing goes wrong. And then you've got to react. And that is something that Trump is a master at. Like him or not, like what he does or not, he is a master of changing his strategy and his tactics when he needs to more so than anyone maybe since, um, well, the, the Chinese uh, warrior, um, Sun Tzu, Sun Tzu, uh, a master strategist. Mm. So, you know, that's what it takes right now in this country. But isn't and it funny wrote,
1: that one one wrote the Art of War and the other one wrote the Art of the Deal? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and he,
0: Trump is more well-read than people give him credit for. I mean, people who don't like you, people who don't like me, never give me credit for anything. Right. You know, it's just not what they do. I'll give credit to people all the time that who I disagree with. Mm-hmm. Just because to do so, I think is is blatantly disrespectful.
1: Well, it's dishonest because, too. I mean, well, precisely, and yeah, or, or some sort, some form of jealousy. Well, it's envy, um,
0: but Marxists don't have a problem with with being dishonest. I mean, it's one of their fundamentals of how they operate. Mm-hmm. is to tear down things by using whatever they need to. And one of the biggest ones is to deny anything. Uh, so it, it got me thinking that if you put someone in who, well, that that's one of the differences about Newt Gingrich was that he was a master at changing strategies and, and tactics also. Um, it's just that, shockingly, he never saw the opportunity behind this speakership ouster. Um, maybe he does now. I would be shocked if he doesn't see the same thing I saw and, and chewing on it right now. Uh, he would be good in there also if he is aligned with Trump, and only if he is, because Trump's the only guy who can win the next election for the, for the Republicans. Well, a lot of guys people might like, they might be uh, the epitome of grace or class or what have you, I don't know, they're not going to win. Um, you, you've got to have a brawler to defeat a bunch of thugs, yeah, and he's a brawler. I mean, he's proven that, and he's effective at it, and that's one of the reasons they don't like him. So this is just my thinking, my strategy, my off-the-cuff here, is that if I were going to make a big bet, and this is a big bet, it would be to change to backing Trump as Speaker. Let him do the job however he wants to, even bringing in Newt Gingrich, frankly, if they're aligned, Mm -hmm. and let them work together on absolutely everything they think needs to get done. Just whatever. Fight every single battle that needs to get fought, knowing full well that they won't win everything, but they'll win a bunch. And even if they don't win, even if they didn't win anything, they've got something to show the people, like Matt Gates now has, of I'm willing to stand up for you, even if I'm only one of eight people. That's one thing Lauren Boebert did not. Do. She did not stand up for what she believed in.
1: Is she still part of the um, the Freedom Caucus? Those... Yeah, yeah because just, Marjorie Taylor Greene left and then she aligned herself with McCarthy and he 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 vowed to never you know he back her 100% on anything and everything. Yeah. Now she's still, you know, she's still a Trump person. Right. Um and and probably, you know, if he had to you know make some kind of ranking system, she'd rank rank up there with you know, some of the more conservative, uh, representatives. But Lauren, that, that I didn't hear that about Lauren Boebert. That's kind of surprising to me. Um, because she was one of the holdouts.
0: Yeah. I keep hearing every time her name's mentioned, it's far right wing firebrand. That's just how the media always refers to her. Well, you're not a firebrand. First of all, she's not a far right wing. I don't know what a right wing far right person that looks like. I don't either. Anyone who is a moderate is called a far right winger these days. Mm-hmm. And there are almost no what I would call pure right wingers. I think Matt Gates is one of them. Uh, uh, basically a Ronald Reagan type. Mm -hmm. That's not a far right wing. That's just someone who is more conservative. Uh, They don't have, I don't know that we have far right wing people uh, because right and left is an archaic term in our era. It's just completely inappropriate for the politics that that is in our in our era but again that's just my opinion but she is not a firebrand if she's speaking out uh, against something or for something and then she votes present you know either stand up behind mccarthy or against him right. or don't sit there and vote present that's the safe vote for someone who has got a problem going on, I know her main problem is McCarthy has not done anything to help her with holding her seat. And there, is, there are multi-millions of dollars flowing into Colorado to unseat her. Uh, she doesn't have a prayer to win that seat unless she's got the backing of whoever the Speaker of the House is because they control the speaker, the... Uh,
1: and so I, I think I understand what your strategy is, and that is, you know, if Trump becomes the speaker, then he's going to know who's behind him, and mm-hmm. then he'll support them, and the rest can, you know, ride off into the sunset.
0: Yeah. Anyone who works against him is primaried.
1: That's that a great goes, idea. That's oh, That's a, that's a yeah. great idea.
0: I think that's the plan, anyway. Yeah. But talk about a way to squeeze the pimple. Oh, yeah. That's it. Yeah. So the Democrats are not going to go for it. But and could you imagine? Require... And
1: can you imagine if the House actually, uh, you know, with their impeachment inquiry, ever, ever decided to uh, go to impeach Joe Biden and Donald Trump? His opponent is the Speaker of the House. i mean what poetic justice right Um, yeah you know joe biden is weaponizing the the doj against uh, his opponent and his opponent in the meantime is looking to impeach you
0: (laughs) and and basically defund the agencies who are uh Supporting.
1: Oh my God! You know what? That's another really, really good point because we've talked about that before. And if there's anybody that would have the guts, you know, because nobody else does, it, it's apparent that, you know, they're talking about Jim Jordan. He threw his hat in the mix, which is surprising because he he didn't want it the first time around because right. his his role on those committees is so important. Well. From what I understand, whoever uh, the new speaker is is going to you know, there's a bunch of jockeying going around because they all want these committee chairs and all these positions and stuff. Yeah and so that that's the part of our government that that I, I mean I get it, and you want tough people to be in those roles. I'm not necessarily uh, for Jim Jordan leaving his role uh, in all of these investigations and stuff, and becoming the Speaker of the House. I think that weakens those committees. Um, there are some other people on the on those committees that are that are pretty tough, you know, James Comer and Chip Roy and Byron Donalds. They they've they've run Byron Donald's name across, and I'm like, that's a good choice. I think Byron Donalds would be a good choice.
0: Well, that's the whole thing that we were talking about the other day with, well, oh, my God, what don't they do? They, they don't have a backup if they take McCarthy out. Well, yeah, if, that's if, such he died of a, if he died of a heart attack, yeah. they didn't have one either. They're, but they'll come up with someone. Yeah, that's just... They always they do. If you, if you get mad and quit your job, oh, my God, what will we do with joey leaves yeah well you know someone else is going to get hired to do the joey's job but for whatever reason he wasn't doing yeah um so big deal maybe things will be better maybe they won't be better but you know it's a time for change for upheaval i think we need upheaval in this country and it's just simply time to start trying things
1: well, and I, think, I think what's you know? most frustrating, yeah, for those people in the House, uh, you know, the moderates and the old school Republicans, is they still don't get it. No. They still don't get who, who Trump supporters are, uh, what they stand for, why they support him, uh, and, and they think that they can win. Yeah, let me assure you that if Trump is not the nominee, the, the Republicans aren't going to win. Oh, for sure, they'll they'll lose. Yeah, and, and they they've done that for centuries. You know,
0: where they want their establishment people yeah. want something to happen, like it or not, and they'll cut a deal. They play both sides, and like like the Koch brothers, you know, they've made a fortune playing both sides. And they just don't care. They're, they're not, they don't care about winning. They're the same way with wars, that they don't care about winning the war. They want to sell both sides ammunition. And the more ammo they can sell, the more money they're going to make. Yeah. And that's all they care the shit about. So uh, that's a fantastically facetious way of looking at things. And yet prove I'm wrong.
1: No, so, you're exactly right because that's a good segue into I guess what we could close with, unless you're, you know, you have some more. Well,
0: to there's there's a couple of things I probably need to squeeze out of this, but the the main thing is is where I was coming from and why that that's out there because I don't people are too busy enter you know looking at well oh my goodness wringing their hands and who does this and And they don't understand really why we've we've got some issues going on. And what a great person to put in there as someone who can get things going before he runs for office. And what a godly, scary thing that is to the Democrat Party. Oh, yeah. Um, But you can reveal new leaders with something like that. You can convert people who aren't behind you. I mean, that's another thing that has uh, all kinds of folks who are political observers shaking their heads still is why, why does Trump have so many loyal people who don't even like him, you know, personally? His likability was always such a big deal in politics. And what they're not identifying is what they do like about him because whether you like his manners or not, whether you like his bombastic stuff, whether you like whatever, how long his ties are, whatever. Who cares? I like the fact that he wants to preserve America as a free country. I care about that. I like that about him. Um, He's willing to stand up for America and Americans all the time it's like what i always say about putin he always looks out for what's best for russia and that's
1: why i don't understand the whole he's a threat to democracy if he was a threat well, to democracy he would have done some uh, crazy off-the-wall things when he when he was in his first term exactly and, and nothing happened well, you know, they said because, he's gonna he's gonna get us into World War III or or war yeah. with North Korea. None of that stuff ever ever came about. No, and yet here it is with Biden. All of that stuff is on the table of happening, right? Oh, absolutely. So,
0: you know, it, it's just a, the fact of the matter is is that they were lying. Um, he's no threat to democracy. Uh, that's just a lie so it's time that we all call it for what it is and we recognize that the democrat party and the republican party do not care about you and me trump does yeah I don't
1: whether know how we like anybody him or, can't see it. i don't know how anybody well can't
0: that's see that it's the old people are blind with their rage or they're blind by their uh envy by whatever it is their belief system is.
1: They've been conned Um, into hating the man. Well, yeah. Because previous to him running for president, he was one of the most popular people in the world. Yeah. And then he runs for president, and because he runs as a Republican, that makes it even, you know, ten times as bad. Yeah. And he becomes the Antichrist. Well... And isn't it funny that he's a
0: Christian, he stands up for Christians, he stands up for America as a Christian nation, and Christianity as a, as a belief system, as a philosophy. And yet the Democrat Party is Marxist. They're, they're by definition not they're a secular organization. Yeah. And they are anti-Christ. The Democrat party is anti-Christ. Yeah. Uh now I'm not saying that they are the anti-Christ or whatever.
1: No, I get I get what you're saying.
0: When it comes yeah, when it comes to government and and many things, it, well, I don't see I I can understand abortion that we've talked about where someone might have the view that that is not a Christian act or what have you, but we also have to recognize that we don't... If we're going to allow people to have their own freedom of of decision-making, and we cannot prove that the that, uh, that baby is a, a life as intended by the uh, meaning of the Constitution, then someone has to be allowed to do what they want to do, regardless of how our our personal beliefs are with respect to religion. And and I separate with a lot of fundamentalist Christians out there when it comes to my view on it. It's just, you know, we either have uh, freedom of religion and our property rights extend to our bodies, or we don't. And my personal view is that if the government is going to step in and say what I can or cannot do with my body, then they just bought the consequences of whatever their decision is. In my case, uh, Obamacare took away my surgeon when I needed it. And I get to be uh, in a ton of pain and uh, will need multiple surgeries uh, for the rest of my life, became disabled and all of that. Well, guess what? Government gets to pay for all of that too, and they are. Yeah. So, um, it, it's just most of us don't have the the power or the or the know-how to fight back to say, okay, this is what happened to me, and regardless of what you may think in your little bureaucratic job, you guys are paying for this. You're paying for the consequences.
1: Well, course. and you know I went through something similar just recently with my insurance and uh, them overriding a, a physician and a licensed doctor, <laughs> you know, some bean counter in, in a, a room somewhere who's deciding your, what, what's best for your health and, and saying, well, we're not going to approve that prescription even though your doctor thinks you need it. And, and so I called them. And I asked the lady, she's very nice, but I said, is anybody that works in that office a a doctor or a licensed physician? And she said, absolutely not. And I said, so what gives you the authority or the knowledge to tell my doctor that you're, you're not going to fill a prescription that he believes I need for my health, for health reasons? And... you know i i said uh so my a one c was high, and he prescribed me a shot that I take once a week to lower my a one c and they were like, well, um we don't we don't cover that, so it's for pre diabetic it's for pre diabetic diabetes and so I said, well." If I become diabetic uh because you are denying this medication, does that mean I get to sue you? And oh, by the way, I'm recording this conversation. Mm-hmm. And the next thing I know, I'm on hold. Yeah. And they come back and they go, you know what? There was a there was a problem with the pharmacist. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Uh I, we believe he entered in the prescription wrong. So we're going to go ahead and call the pharmacy for uh-huh. you and we're going to tell them how to enter it incorrectly, And then, and then I will call you back after I talk to, yeah, it's just, it's it's insane to me. Oh, I love this though. I yeah. Mean, it's, it's a great yeah. story. And, and, um, so she called me back and she said, you're good to go. Um, have your doctor, you know, call the prescription back in, and we, we inform them on how to how to put it in the system. And I'm like, it, these people probably do this on a daily basis. What are you talking about? That's right. You know, yeah, I, I, I stood up, and that's what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, it may be something small like that. Well, the thing is, is there are Yeah, if you push back a little bit, you might get the result that you're looking for. I've had the well, prescription for two months. Uh, three, going on three.
0: Well, the thing is, there are codes for things like that. And they do get, uh, I don't, I'm not saying that the uh, pharmacy may be screwed up. It's usually the physician who is not specific enough.
1: Well, but here's the catch. Here's what but, made me believe that, that they were lying. Well, he he called agree. in yeah. three separate prescriptions for three different mm-hmm. medications, but they all three did the same thing. Yeah. And he appealed their denial, mm-hmm. and they, they denied his appeal. So I'm like, wait yeah. a minute. I, again, that, so that's what prompted me to make that call. I was a little bit, you know, uh, forceful. But I wasn't screaming and yelling and cursing them out. I mean, that gets you nowhere. Right. But I was, I was not going to take no for an answer. I mean, I, that's what I pay you a premium for. Yeah. And if my doctor believes that this is a medication that can prevent me from becoming more ill in the future, then why are you, who is not a physician or a licensed doctor, overriding someone who went to school and and you know that's what he does is personal health care
0: yeah actually i had that same conversation with usaa i want to say 40 years ago after uh, one of my car wrecks about uh treatment of some kind i can't remember what it was but they were going to do the same thing which at that time usaa made a corporate decision that they uh, were going to fight all sorts of uh car accident claims in a certain category regardless of whether it met their standards or not because they were they were wanting to sink the uh, uh, no-fault insurance law in colorado and they just realized that they to be successful, they were going to have to do X, and X means whatever the strategy and tactic was behind uh, being successful in that, which is basically uh, bad faith insurance. And I, I basically had to tell them that. I was filing a bad faith insurance plan. But that wasn't in the initial conversations. In fact, that happened, I think, on another matter. But uh, with respect to what your point is about this uh, medication and the script, what I did tell them was, I'm going to need the uh, medical credentials Uh, uh, whoever it is who's making this decision. I'm going to need to know. Yeah, nice. Yeah. I'm going to need to see their license to practice medicine, and I'm going to need to see uh, whatever their uh, certificates are uh, as a doctor to Mm -hmm. overrule my doctor.
1: That's great.
0: And there's this same situation as you. Uh, You know, there's this essentially – emptiness on the other Mm -hmm. end of the phone line when they realized just how serious I was and that they had nothing other than, Oh, it's our company policy to do so. We don't need to be, you know, whatever they would have said, or were thinking of whatever their usual BS would have been. And they realized that this guy's serious. He knows what questions to ask. Uh, we don't have a reason, a medical reason for denial of something that's been prescribed by a licensed physician. Mm -hmm. And we don't have someone who's a licensed physician who has made this call. This is a, this is a corporate accounting decision. And,
1: uh, fortunately
0: I was talking to a nurse on the line. This is someone who is in charge of being my personal, whatever it is at the company with respect to my treatment. So I was talking to someone who was a nurse by training. So she knows right off the bat that she's probably the highest-ranking person with any kind of medical training that's involved in the chain of command. Yeah. And she probably knows that uh, this is an unwinnable fight. Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah.
0: So she she said the same thing. I'll have, I'll need to get back to you on that. <laughs> and the next day, you know, she called. She's you know not shining me on. And basically I got a, a a ticket to do whatever it is that I wanted to do. You know, I was going to be an exception to their case. And uh, I got what I needed and I wasn't really asking for very much. That's, that's what uh, was the shocking thing to me was that you know, I'm asking for very little in comparison to what this is going to cost you if I don't get treatment. So, you know, there's, there's some things that they need to really be aware of when they're, when they're arguing with folks. And maybe that's something that's valuable to one of our, both of our listeners out there, is that when you're willing to stand up for yourself, and then you never know what you can do. If, if you don't ask the question, then the answer is always no.
1: Yeah.
0: And that's why I'm saying that personally, I think Lauren Boebert ended her career in Congress by not standing up for what she believed in. And I'm being hard on her because I was one of her big backers. Mm -hmm. I was, I was the guy who uh, actually voted for her uh, business to get funding through SBA. Mm -hmm. So, I've been a big supporter of hers for a long time, and uh, I don't have a problem with being honest. Though, if anything, people wish I weren't quite so
1: honest. Yeah, like I'm the same being way. right now. <laughs> they, they look at that as a, a, you know, somewhat of a character flaw. And I'm like, would you rather me beat around the bush for thirty minutes or just get straight to the point right. and tell you? Yeah. You know how it is, or or whatever. Um, So yeah, I get that. I don't like, man. As much as see, that's
0: where our politics are. Is that uh, this friend of mine, who, um, well, I shouldn't say friend. We're more colleagues. Uh, He's a a peace negotiator, and and his. His phraseology is basically respect is a down payment on having a conversation with someone. If you're like, for example, the Palestinians, death to Israel, uh, death to this, death to that, you know, break agreements, what have you. Well, it's disrespectful. I mean, how do you have a conversation with someone who wants you dead? Uh well, you can't, right? So that's what's going on and why it was so brilliantly done in my view with respect to Israel and Saudi Arabia, is that they're very different countries. I mean, it's hard to get any more different than Jewish and Muslim um, The only other one in there would be Christianity because they're basically all three related through Abraham that's the commonality that they all three have
1: Mm
0: -hmm. so Abraham was the Jewish and then you get to the lineage of things and you have the two brothers one uh, becomes you know one's Ishmael and becomes uh, a Muslim the, basically, where Muslims are, are descended from. And the other uh, produces the line that is Christianity. They're, they all come from that triad. So that's the commonality that they have. So that's why that's called the Abraham Accord, is that Judaism and Islam are rooted... That's their common link, is through Abraham. I'll bet you almost no one out there knows that.
1: That's new to me.
0: That. Well, it is to most people. It's mm-hmm. because we don't get educated very well in our country. But I assure you that they know all about that in Israel and in Saudi Arabia. Right. And Saudi Arabia was one of the places under Islam where Jews were welcome to seek refuge. Muhammad provided them refuge. Now, granted, they weren't treated much better there in in Saudi Arabia than uh, Saudi Arabians are in Israel today. They weren't full equal citizens, but they were welcome there. They were were allowed to survive, which in that era was a, a pretty kindly thing to do. Yeah. So, yeah, but it, it's essentially that the one thing that I would say that uh, Ivanka Trump's husband, what, what's his name?
1: Um, Jared Kushner. Jared, yeah,
0: Jared Kushner. One of the things that he, he really did a lot for the world was negotiating that agreement and he really got undersold. You ought to get the Nobel Peace Prize for it, actually. If he were a Democrat, he would. Yeah. Um, but at any rate, it was a brilliant move because the two countries will talk to one another. You know, the, the, the sheikhs in Saudi Arabia and the political folks in Israel, regardless of what party they are in, they will talk to one another. Mm-hmm. Now... It may be, as we say in this country, frank, honest and frank discussions or what have you, but they talk, just like Trump was willing to do with Little Rocket Man. Guess what, Little Rocket Man? Well, he was talking to Little Rocket Man. Obama would, remember, Obama would not even communicate with him.
1: Yeah, the same same uh, way that uh, Biden won't communicate with Putin. Yeah. Or or any other, you know.
0: It may be a disrespectful communication, but dis- a disrespectful conversation is at least more respectable than not having a conversation. You see the distinction there? Oh, yeah. We may go into something like fighting like cats and dogs. I'm a member of the cat part. You're a member of the dog part. But by golly, we're... We have to set aside our feelings and say, you know, I don't like you because you chase me all the time. And well, I don't like you because you're uh, uh, I you, you irritate me. OK, fine. But there's coyotes outside. And they're going to eat us. And let's figure out a way to defeat them. Mm-hmm. Oh, OK. You think you think those the dogs and the cats will figure it out? Figure that one out. Well, that that's just what happened with Egypt or with Israel and uh, Saudi Arabia. You know something? If we don't get along, Iran's gonna nuke us. And Joe Biden is—he already gave him them his boss already gave them the money to do the research.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, and the freedom to do
1: the research. As if so, they weren't doing it anyway. I mean, the, the, well, for sure. The yeah. nuclear deal yeah. that they struck with Obama, and the, you know, let's just give them more cash. And then, yeah. Biden well, they does basically, the same thing.
0: Yeah. They funded the Iran uh, nuclear uh, research, is what they Absolutely. did. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, that, that's a case of having the conver- being willing to have a conversation even if it's disrespectful conversation, is a down payment you know, on having, you know, it's still respectful. Yeah. You know, and you know Trump was at I'm, least acknowledging um, uh, North Korea by saying, you know, okay, little rocket man, I'm going to tear your head off, just like Muhammad Ali might have said.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, okay. He's talking to me. Mm-hmm. Did you hear that? he called me by my name. And then he said, Rocketman. I <laughs> like Rocketman. <laughs> well, you know, what the hell? Who knows what I I didn't think much about at the time. But looking back, I'd say, well, he opened the conversation differently than I would have. But he started a conversation in a, in a set of foundation of respect that those two guys were able to get along that I think has been squandered and they both know it. Um, but who, someone who knows it more than anyone is she in China. Mm-hmm. And he wants to do whatever he wants to do before an election happens. So... Those are just my own personal views, but I I do think that that all is supported by seriously considering having Trump as speaker and letting him start the battle now instead of uh, a year and a half from now, it forces all of the uh, rats to cover The thing is, is that you basically need 100% Republican support. There isn't going to be 100% Republican support uh, for anyone out there now, if they're honest with one another.
1: No, because, you know... We'll end up with a compromise.
0: We'll end up with, okay, well, some of the Republicans and some of the Democrats are going to go for... Let's say Steve Scalise or, or someone else. Jim Jordan, for all I know. I don't know. I d- very doubtful for him. But we're going to end up with uh, another rhino as Speaker of the House if we don't do something bold. Mm-hmm. And something bold, to my mind, is someone who's already out of the House of Representatives. And I think Trump and Gingrich uh, fit that bill. Uh, it allows them to go to battle without consequences of an election. Because the, the speaker is only named based on, uh, they normally come from whoever the uh, party is who holds power. Right. Well, Trump isn't running for president. He's not running for president. For, uh, uh, speaker of the house he doesn't want to be speaker of the house but he's also not running as the uh as a california representative either yeah so it allows uh, mccarthy to go can start campaigning for his seat now mm-hmm. to save whatever little face he's got there's been some
1: there's now. been some speculation that he's gonna quit
0: I wouldn't doubt it I would if I were him because he basically got slapped down. He's the first one to say something's personal yeah. is the one who's making yeah. something personal,
1: right? You know, I again I I you know, I wasn't for him and I think you remember me saying that uh for speaker of the house to begin with. Um and I'm not sad that he's no longer Speaker of the House, but I I feel for the guy. I mean, you know, it's kind of an embarrassment, mm-hmm. uh, you know. But if you're if you're gonna make promises, you know, keep the promises you make, right? Because because someone like Matt Gaetz is gonna come along, and they've been piling on Matt Gates, and and I've always liked Matt Gates. Um, is he? Uh, does he showboat? Yeah. You know, is he bombastic? He's like Trump in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And, and he doesn't back down. And, um... He's also much
0: smarter than even I gave him credit for.
1: Man, I'll tell you what, I, I don't know if you've ever listened to uh, any of the clips that you can find online or, you know, whatever. But, yeah, uh, they think he's going to run for uh, uh, governor of Florida. Yeah, he's not
0: interested, though.
1: And yeah, well, I, agree with him. I Let Let
0: Ron DeSantis be governor. He's a great governor.
1: But but Ron DeSantis wasn't interested in running for president this cycle, and and get look what happened. Well, that's
0: because the Republican establishment did that to
1: him. I mean, yeah, and I called it, it. By the Canada. way, I just want to. I say, know. I, I know. Yeah. Well as a matter of fact, Nikki Haley uh, has surged in New Hampshire over DeSantis mm-hmm. at 19 percent which is still 40 yeah. percent lower than where Trump's at so so that, so right. if you think about it you know Trump's not going to the any of the debates they just canceled the the the, the one that was supposed to happen after the Fox business they canceled it Oh. The RNC is uh, getting requests to cancel the rest of the debates. There's really no reason to have them. None of these people are close. Uh, you know, I saw your, your chunky friend, uh, Chris Christie, talking about, um, you know, why he's still in the race, and, and, and he was asked specifically, would you, would you uh, support Donald Trump if uh he wins uh you know the primaries, he's like, "Nope, would you support him? Would you support him if he was the nominee? Nope, would you support him if he was the president? Nope, yeah, and they're like, "Why?" And he said, because there there's a ton of other people that are more qualified, and you know his time is passed, and it's like you, you're still not getting it. You're one of those people that does not That's get right. it." And you know what there's probably a Dunkin' Donuts somewhere that you need to be sitting at uh contemplating which network uh whether it be MSNBC or CNN that you're going to go work for after you get your ass handed to you uh in in the first two primaries and and I mean, you know, everybody's saying everybody should just drop out. The 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 polls which you know i don't take a whole lot of stock in but the polls have not changed as a matter of fact he's widened his lead none of those people have a chance yes. exactly and, uh, and there are yeah. some so you mentioned something earlier about uh i can't remember the exact term but uh you know that toughness mm-hmm. you know newt Ging- newt gingrich at any given time, can can easily be the smartest man in the room, and and that's my opinion. I think he's mm-hmm. very smart. I think that I don't think he's a rhino. I think he's a, a pretty staunch conservative. But he has no he has no fire in his belly. I think that was, uh, you know, I liked um, uh, Doctor Ben Carson. Mm-hmm. Smart as a whip, didn't have didn't have the personality, the charisma, and the fire in his belly. Yeah, Ron DeSantis is the same way. Now I believe he's a rhino, but he doesn't have the same kind of fire that that Donald Trump has, and he's fake about it. As a matter of fact, he steals more stuff. He's like Joe Biden of the Republican Party, where he steals Trump's lines and his slogans and you know his his mannerisms his hand gestures all that stuff he, he he's a he's a trump imitator who who is not going to govern like trump would govern well that's he's not authentic no yeah that's and, and some of those people that that have ran for president uh I'm not saying they wouldn't be qualified, but they don't have. I mean, let's let's be honest. Barack Obama was a wuss. Oh yeah. You know, Joe Biden. I don't know. I don't. It, it would be a toss-up of who's a bigger wuss. Well, they're you know, both beta males. Yeah. George Bush was a wuss. So we've gone through several presidents. That because they have they have no intestinal fortitude whatsoever, our country has suffered the consequences of that. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I but I keep going back to the the same old thing: is well, what happens after Trump if he wins? Well,
0: isn't that an interesting way to look at being Speaker of the House? Because That's where the next president's likely going to come. Not the next one, but the next uh, one after that. Mm -hmm. And the next, I don't know, five after that, from whichever party are going to come from the House or, or Senate. Because this country has not wised up to the fact that governors make better presidents. Yeah. But who's to say one of those folks won't uh, leave Congress and become a governor? You know, so those relationships get set up uh, and they get identified. And if someone's a phony, well, they're they're going to get known while Trump's speaker.
1: And if someone yeah, I a, think that's a wonderful idea. Yeah. I, Who knows? I, I, no, I, mean, many, I thought it was uh, a wonderful idea when, when they were trying to elect a speaker, you know, when they won the House. And and a lot of people threw Trump's name out there, and I was for that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But but your perspective has put a different light on the importance of yeah. how that could be, you know, in his benefit. And and the Republican yeah. Party for that matter
0: circumstances are different now than when we talked about it before, yeah for too. sure mm-hmm. he wasn't indicted he wasn't he did there wasn't all of this unconstitutional crap going on that there is now so
1: well the, I, I just
0: put it out there as something for someone to think about whether they agree or not it's a strategic way of thinking and that is the only way things are going to change in this country is if there's a as a strategic move or moves that up you know it's upheaval and i think it's the strongest move that could be made to just go to war right now yeah you put an end to all not all but an awful lot of bureaucratic crap that we all know is going to happen from people like the fbi and what do you know uh who how many investigations of the FBI can be, can get opened up. Uh, There could be a competition of, of how much of the FBI gets looked at before they're allowed to receive any more funding. Mm -hmm. Um, Same thing with the Pentagon. Uh, Who knows what would happen if the house of representatives even started talking about becoming more relevant and having
1: integrity, and fighting for the American public, which it was intended to do in the first place.
0: Yeah, it, that's it's supposed to be the House that's tempestuous, mm-hmm. that there's a lot of fighting going on. The Senate is supposed to be more staid, right? And they're all a bunch of wusses now. They just there are 210, I think, Republicans in the House who did not vote. To take McCarthy out. Mm-hmm. Eight eight people did. So are those two hundred and ten people honestly rhinos? Are they really Marxists? Or are they so under the thumb of the establishment that they could not
1: do what Gates did and say, You can't cancel me.
2: Hair, I
3: don't
1: give a shit. Here might be an answer.
3: You know, a lot of people think that in order to conceal carry, you're...
1: This is another Matt Gates clip. Oh. And I think what what he says here is a really great point. It's very short.
2: The gentleman from Florida.
3: My colleague says we've passed the strongest border bills in history. Well, guess what? Look at the border right now. We didn't use sufficient leverage in the debt limit or in any other thing to actually get results on the border. The border is a disaster, really something I don't think you're going to be campaigning on, that you fix the border. Second, you said you streamlined regulations. What the gentleman from Louisiana doesn't tell you is that all of the regulatory reform he was just bragging about is waivable by the stroke of a pen of someone in the Biden White House. Do you really think you've got anything for that? It's a total joke. And then finally, the welfare to work that the gentleman from Louisiana said we got. The welfare programs that they said that they streamlined with their welfare to work stuff, they're actually gonna grow. Because while they did work requirements, they blew out those programs with expanded eligibility. I'm real glad you guys didn't put work requirements on Medicaid, it probably would have resulted in Medicaid expansion. And when it comes to how those raise money, I take no lecture on asking patriotic Americans to weigh in and contribute to this fight from those who would grovel and bend knee for the lobbyists and special interests who own our leadership, who have Oh boo all you want who have hollowed out this town and have borrowed against the future of our future generations. I'll be happy to fund my political operation through the work of hardworking Americans, ten and twenty and thirty dollars at a time, and you all keep showing up at the lobbyist fundraisers and see how that goes for you. I reserve <laughs> Yeah. He has yeah. he has
1: he has very little filter and, and I mean I like that about him. Yeah, it's
0: just and, and, it's like and, the guy he's coming into his own in a
1: way because
0: he he was actually more toned down before.
1: Yeah, but you and know what? He's now more emboldened and I like that. But you know what's funny about that whole clip is they started booing him. His oh, own yeah. party. And those are the people that you're talking about that Trump could could uh shed the light on and say these mm-hmm. aren't really republicans. Or, or yeah. conservatives?
0: Well, the thing is, is that supposedly, you know, there's 210 of them who did not go with Gates, So it's eight against 210. Uh, Lauren Boebert, one of them. Yeah. Okay. Well, who would stay in the part of the 210 if there's a different speaker in town? You know, you can't run and hide like you can right now if Trump and or Gingrich are running the House of Representatives.
1: No, but the hard part about that is that those people will morph into someone that they really aren't just to stay in their position.
0: Isn't that an interesting thing to learn? So what you want is the people who will morph, let them morph and vote for what you want. Yeah. Uh, Let's the people more. who you can still identify them, you know, who the hell they are by their voting records. Someone like uh Lauren Boebert, if she's got cover, and, and I think this stuff with this Buell Theater in, in uh, Denver hurt her, um, it made her vulnerable,
2: mm-hmm.
0: The. uh. Would not have happened if that's a guy, or if it's a, or if it was a Democrat.
1: Yeah, I didn't really. Uh, so
0: what? Well, yeah, she got set up, and the bottom line is, is that she has no margin to make an error at all. She stopped carrying her gun around. She stopped speaking out as much. She's in the fight of her life because the Democrats are afraid of her. Well, does she? come out from undercover if Gingrich and Trump are in the leadership? I sure as hell think so. She's not going to be morphing because I know that she is not a rhino. Right. Well, it's and you could,
1: no. you could make an argument that... That's they, why I'm so disappointed is because... I Yeah, I understand. She's
0: not a rhino. Yeah. She is not. And yet she made it look like she was. So... How many others there are not rhinos? If, they, if they've if they got someone who who does have their back, as much as I hate that saying, um, who's going to say, you know something? If you're with us, then come forward. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the dirty dozen of... Uh, we're looking for a dirty dozen here, or whatever. Actually, they're looking for a dirty 210, but... You know, who has a little courage here? Or, you know, you have to identify those people. Because even the the ones who will morph, they'll fight behind your back. They'll fight you behind your back. And he had enough of that in, while he was in office. And he knows who a lot of those people are already. But the, the thing is, is that he, he's not, going to get in there without the support of all the republicans no one else is either the only other route is to get in there by someone who's going to obviously be a rhino because they'll have democrat support so uh, pick your poison it's gingrich trump or a rhino because uh, even if let's say lauren did decide or or jim jordan okay he's throwing his hat in the ring he is not going to be speaker of the house uh the way it's set up right now it's going to be one of the establishment people it's not going to be jim jordan so sorry jim great guy but you know he he's trying to do his part he's probably regrets not throwing his hat in the ring before but he he would be a good person, but the establishment people are not going to allow that to happen in the year before the, an election. So it's just not going to happen. They want someone who's a rhino. That's all there is to it. Other, these people are not going to get any money if if they uh, don't back an establishment person, unless Trump or Gingrich are it. And the establishment people will then have to run for cover because they'll get called out. They'll, they'll send all their money to the Democrat Party. Yeah. And guess what? All of a sudden, you have a you've created a populist monstrosity. Because these people who are in Congress won't have any corporate money. They won't have any of the establishment money rolling in. They're going to have to make friends with the American people. And so will every Democrat who gets primaried. So the Democrats who are truly moderate, all two of them, um, they're going to have to consider becoming a Republican. Joe Manchin. Kirsten Cinema. Um uh,
1: so there's there's speculation that uh Manchin's gonna run for president as an independent. Well, Still, I mean, you know, it's possible.
0: Well, he won't win as he won't win as his seat back because if uh Jim Justice decides to go ahead and run, and I think he has then uh mansion's toast he already knows that
1: mm-hmm.
0: so i really wish justice would have run last time it, think how different the world would have looked then yeah but uh and he was he's a former democrat so and the thing is there's not a lot of difference between the republicans and democrats in west virginia except for the robert birds of the world you know the <laughs> The Ku Klux Klan people. Yeah. So, um, West Virginia is very practical. You know, uh, fix the damn potholes, asshole. Yeah. Right. You know. Um, so I I realize that I make them the butt of my jokes sometimes, just like Arkansas. But it's a lot of time. It's because I like them. <laughs> right. So, um, but I'm I'm just saying. And then I'll shut up because we have to shut up here. But yeah, the, we need to shift the dynamics of the country. And this is the first big opportunity that's come along to shift dynamics. So I just think it needs to be seriously considered.
1: Well, he hasn't said no. And he possibly will be visiting the House of Representatives next week yeah well well, s- we'll see i think it's a great yeah. idea i i just do i mean well i thought I f- it was I the first it. time yeah. and i the, the,
0: i forget because who
1: the, because if, if there's the pro a, tim
0: is you know the whoever who's the speaker for
1: tim uh i can't remember i seen him uh, uh boy was he mad at the end of the vote he yeah. slammed that gavel down you know when they decided to oust uh mccarthy and i mean he was not happy
0: well yeah i think they should have had another vote to oust him yeah uh <laughs> that may be why they went i don't understand why he the first thing he did was say oh well we're going to uh go home for a week you know
3: i don't what know that about? yeah
1: i don't know why they couldn't have just immediately held a vote for you know, at least nominations and stuff. I mean, yeah, why do you have exactly. to wait a week? I mean, they're well. they're the same people that said if this happens, like I said earlier, military's not going to have their their paychecks, and uh, you know they always use that crap. Mm-hmm. Senior citizens aren't going to get their you know Social Security and all this. Stuff. They always say it's oh, Matt Gates and I. Mm -hmm. it's always chaos but it's made up chaos in certain instances
0: yeah the chaos that he
1: and i speak of is exactly the same but they're making up they're making up things to to put fear into the the hearts of americans that oh my gosh the house of representatives is going to have to shut down and you know, maybe the, the Pentagon doesn't get funded or whatever. It, who cares? hmm I mean, you're talking about a mix-up, you know, and changing the dynamics of how the, the House of Representatives works. Well, maybe this is the right way to do it. Yeah. Because it certainly, it certainly isn't working for what they've been doing for the last 50, 60, 70 years yeah so uh, and i i I mean i I think think that that how does someone who is in the establishment
0: of the house now do the sort of makeover the kind of renovation that needs to get done they can't they're too invested in the system that's in place to create a new system so that's how innovation happens is that Someone who's not invested in it other than wanting to put together the very best thing they can, and then they're done with the renovation. You know, they're fixing and flipping the House representative. Well, it's someone from outside of the House. You bring him in. You say, okay, we're going to give you a job for a year, and then we want you gone. No one's going to like you. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, Okay. Perfect. That's a perfect contract for a freelancer to come in and, uh, you know, become government contractor for a year. And you go remake the House of Representatives. If they don't like what you did, then they can change it back. Right. But, but by golly, here's someone from the outside coming in, and they have enough power to force it down their throats and say, no, this is how we're doing the committees. This is how we're doing the committees. I don't give a crap about tradition. I want whatever. Okay? We're gonna start making the American people first. You know, again, just put whatever kind of stamp on it needs to be done. But do some big stuff. Change the dynamics of it. It won't all be perfect or rosy or whatever. Change those things, make them better, do away with them, whatever. Sometimes, as much as we don't like them, uh, tradition uh, works, Mm -hmm. and that's why it's that way. And despite what anyone likes about it or dislikes, it works better than anything else does. That's That's how it developed. Okay, we'll go back to that. So just force some change in there. Make these people change how they're doing business maybe you have a different ethics thing maybe you force all of the dark money that's out there out into the light of day i don't know um there are a lot of really creative things that could happen and that's where newt gingrich is good because he sits around and thinks about this stuff trump he walks into the room and he starts saying, I like this color better. I like that color better. What about that carpet over there? Well, Gingrich is way past all of that. You know? Yeah. I, a, you know, I like, no, I think the two of them. If they, if they got along, I'm not saying they will. I don't, I honestly have no knowledge of that I think,
1: at all. I think, uh, originally Newt Gingrich was a Trump supporter and he, he may still be. Um, but, uh, Going back to what you said, I mean, he could literally cause a lot of chaos. Mm -hmm. Uh, You were talking about defunding the uh, FBI. I mean, who's got the guts to go in there and say, okay, Department of Education, you're shut down. Bye. Bye. Mm-hmm. environmental protection agency see you later i mean there's there's yeah. a hundred other you do things it you all
3: through the
0: budget it. process yeah say okay yeah, balancing the budget
1: This there's is there's a hundred we other do. things that you could come up with um mm-hmm. those are two good ones that if i was in in charge <laughs> a lot of people are our four listeners are like oh god help us um they, the, 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 the Department of Education and the EPA would be done in a heartbeat. And then let's talk about, you know, let's, let's get into the conversation about the Fed and uh, the IRS and, you know, some other things. Yeah. Uh, and he, he would be the one that has the, the guts to do that. I don't think yeah. there's a single conservative or Republican currently. As much as Jim Jordan's a tough guy and James Comer's a tough guy and, you know, these Tim Burchett from Tennessee, you know, these, these people that convey themselves as being rugged and tough, they would have the, the cojones to do any of those things. But Donald Trump would.
0: They're also limited by their capacity. And I mean by their capacity is that they're not accustomed to handling multiple things at once. Mm -hmm. For example, uh, Jordan can't see himself being speaker and running a committee. Well, do it. So what if no one does it now? Do it. that's what you want to do, do it. Yeah, there's no rule that says you can't well and even if there is well that's more like a guideline yeah you know, just do something different and say this is what i want to do for me to be speaker i want to retain my committee chairman. ship okay is that it anything else you need a shot of bourbon every day or you know <laughs> what? Yeah. if that's it you know if that's all you want okay but i'm not talking about uh that uh, and as much as he's used to thinking of one thing at a time, very linear. Mm-hmm. And I'm someone who processes things dimensionally. I usually work in three or four dimensions most of the time. So I'm all over the place. And that's really hard to do with a head injury is that that's why it's hard for me to maintain a thought or re- even remember an name but it makes me very creative. It makes me an on-the-run sort of strategic thinker, a baseball pitcher, someone like Trump. Trump, I guarantee you, he may not even know what I'm talking about, but if I was to describe to him what a multiple-dimensional thinker is, he'd say, oh yeah, I do that, (laughs) because he is, I can tell. well, he's used to working with all of that stuff. He, he micromanages the things that he cares about, but he says, let's buy this property. I want to do X, Y, Z, and then someone at the Trump Organization runs it. He doesn't do that. He doesn't have time to. Yeah. Well, if you're Speaker of the House, if you're President, even... Um, you've got a thousand balls in the air all the time. You can't be micromanaging things. That's how Tony Fauci got away with all the shit he did. Is that if if Trump would have been all over his ass with that fraud, nothing else would have happened. And and maybe that wouldn't have been bad. I don't know. But Trump's used to delegating is, is all I'm trying to say. He's He's used to coming up with a lot of ideas, some work, some don't. That's, he's had a career like that. Right. Uh, Gingrich, eh, not so much, but more so than anyone else in the House probably. He was an
1: effective speaker, though, when he was.
0: He was, yeah. Even he had struggles with capacity. Mm-hmm. And even he had issues with being able to support people for re-election.
1: Well, and they um, all they all claim that they can walk and chew gum at the same time. And I'm like, yeah, I approve it. <laughs> yeah. Because I've not seen yeah. that yet. You're going to look more like Joe Biden who can't come to a, a stop on a bicycle without falling over.
0: hmm It yeah, reminds exactly.
1: me of the guy from, uh, was it Laughing? or? Yeah, it's Artie Johnson. Artie Johnson, yeah fall over on the little tricycle. Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) Well, It's just what got me thinking was that's how I used to work. I'd come in as a contract either in my own, either in my real estate company or in my other business as I would come in as a uh, uh, under contract to do something. And uh, the parameters are all set up. This is what we do and we we want this result. Okay, then that's it was up to me on figuring out how to do that. Mm -hmm. And I just got to looking at this speakership that in that perspective. And all of a sudden, it just got really clear to me that uh, what we're talking about right now is that you have to bring in a contractor, a hired gun to come in and rattle the cages. Not to make it perfect, but to uh, literally shift how they operate. Yeah. So it was the best I could come up with. I don't. Maybe there's better, or whatever. But I'm like, and now that I'm on that road, I have a hard time looking at looking at someone from the House of Representatives as being Speaker. I just don't see that that is a better way than what I've come up
1: with. Well, other than other than uh, Jim Jordan and Scalise there's three or four other people i've never heard of them uh nor do i i look at them and listen to what they say and go yeah he would make a good speaker uh i think i think that their their bench for that position is is very limited mm-hmm. and is anything going to get done um with whoever they choose because let's just be honest i mean there's not a whole lot of people uh in the house on the republican side that really make sense for that position i mean other well, than jim yep. jordan and i don't how know, many in the how
0: many in the house on the democrat side
1: well i, I if you, if you ask... Couldn't, a, you say, uh,
0: couldn't you say the same thing?
1: Yeah, but if you ask a Democrat, every single one of them would be qualified. Well, yeah. But if you're asking course. me, uh, no, uh, nobody that I... Uh, you know, mainstream politician on the Democrat side.
2: Yeah. What's the
1: honest,
0: the honest analysis? If the House of Representatives were a business and you were hired to go in there and make it work, Is there anyone in the Democrat or Republican caucuses that you would look at and say, this guy can come in and make the change?
1: Yeah. No, I I would throw their application and resume in the garbage. Yeah. That's why I am convinced
0: that someone from the outside is the answer.
1: Well, it's going to be interesting. You know, it's, it's interesting because we live in interesting times right now and, uh, We'll see how it plays out. I'm all for Donald Trump to be the, the next speaker of the House, to be honest. So we'll end on uh, two things. Here. Um, I don't know if you heard about this, and this is kind of way off of the, the subject we were on. But it, it, it does show how inept our government is at this moment. So the Pentagon is um, asking Congress for more funding because it's running low on money to replace the equipment and weapons sent to the Ukraine. Mm-hmm. So the reason I wanted to, s- to uh, say that was because you had mentioned um, something, I can't remember what it was, um but they're saying that this is uh this is very bad for our military readiness yeah them. and there are three countries uh, four countries out there that uh love to hear this kind of information china russia north korea iran who have all been playing buddy buddy with each other. Yep. Um, so they're asking Congress for a uh, twenty-six billion dollars to replenish U.S. stocks. Because um, the the money that Congress allocated for that, uh, there's only one point six billion dollars left out here, of a hundred billion dollars. Yeah. Here, here's the crazy part. So, we are sending our ammunition and Stinger missiles and, you know, drones and, and whatever else they're giving them, plus money, um, only to be in a position that we don't have the weapons we need to defend ourselves. Sure. And, and the taxpayers paid for those weapons and that ammunition, and the money that's been sent to the Ukraine. Now there's a couple of people in Congress that I I applaud for saying that they want an audit done. Uh, One of the guys that's uh, considered for the speaker said said he wanted an audit done to know where that money has gone. But I can tell you that it's not only gone to uh, military aid, but it's gone to paying farmers, political pensions, uh, and, and crazy nonsense like that. I'm, I'm not a taxpayer to pay some other politician in another country. Just, oh, no. It's not my thing. We're right just now. basically
0: providing them with their annual GDP. Pretty much. So we, we've given them two years of their, of their GDP in one year. Well, a year and a half. Um, so, what are the, what are they doing with their own money? Well, you know? so
1: this the so um, I don't know who this guy is. Um, Pentagon comptroller Michael McCord. Oh. Um, he he warned Congress in a letter. Failure to replenish our military services on, on a timely basis could harm our military readiness. He also expressed deep concern over the absence of new security assistance, assistance funding for Ukraine. So you're, you're wanting more money to replenish so you can get it, give it to Ukraine again. I, it, you can't make this up it's yeah, just it's, insanity to me
0: yeah well and that, that's the pentagon for you i mean they were in charge of vietnam too yeah
1: right yeah
0: so and uh well how how many wars is the how many wars have anyone working at the pentagon Went win a war
1: no, I mean, all those people are long gone. Yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> I, that's what I thought. Yeah, not one single person working at the Pentagon has fought in a war that the United States. I still ruled. think some of the best. Not news, one of them.
1: Yeah, I still think some of the best news we've heard in the last few weeks has been that uh, Mark Milley is gone. Well, that's true. And, and you know he he came out and said that you know you know Trump Trump. Did't say that he should be executed for treason but he said that it's quite possible that that he committed treason and that's one of the things that the military does with people that you know commit treason is they they put him in front of a firing squad and take him out and so that fool goes on television talking about how he's He's going to do everything he can to make sure his family is protected from somebody that thinks he ought to be shot for treason, and that's not what he said. And I'm thinking, dude, you you are the biggest puss. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll, I'll say this: it may not get to him, it, maybe it does. One of our th- three and a half listeners, <laughs> well, maybe they have some connection somewhere. I would love, I would like, lo- I don't know, is this? Is this insurrection? Is this uh, inciting bond? I would love to step in an MMA ring with that man and beat the holy hell out of him. Yeah. There you have it. Well,
0: he, well, I, I will say this. He's much more mobile than Chris Christie.
1: <laughs> Not very much more.
0: No. As my uh, stepfather used to say when he was alive, Ron, you're damning with faint praise.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. All right, then we'll, 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 we'll end with a little comedy skit here. Right, you ready? Yeah. All right, here we
2: go. I often think about our friendship of 40 years. The hammer and tong debates we'd have in the Senate. We'd argue, we're like two brothers. We'd argue like hell. <laughs> I mean, really go at one another. Then we'd go to lunch together. No, not a joke or John Wright home with me. I mean, that we we travel the world together. And by the way, when he found this magnificent woman and got married, I'm the guy that convinced him to run in Arizona as a Republican. Bless me, father. For- <laughs> no, but it's, you got to admit, Cindy, I did. I talked to him and I said, John, you can do this job. My only worry is you'll do it too well. As I stood there paying my respects, I thought about how much I miss my friend. And it's not hyperbole. From the bottom of my heart, I mean this. Ah, he says that all the time. I thought about something else as yeah. well. I thought about how much America missed John right now. How much America needed John's courage and foresight and vision. I thought about what John stood for, what he fought for, what he's willing to die for. I thought about what we owed John, what I owed him, and what we owe each other. We owe each, owe each other as well. Americans as well. You see, John's one of those patriots. When they die, their voices are never silent. They still speak to us. They tug at both our hearts and our conscience, and they pose the most profound questions: Who are we? What do we stand for? What do we believe? What will we be? For John, it was country first.
1: <laughs> what a moron. Oh yeah. You know, he's talking about John McCain. They had a, a, oh, yeah. a memorial for him and I'm like, why? Yeah. I mean, how, how, may, how much longer do we got to hear about this guy? If I lived in Washington D.C., <laughs> here we go. I I
0: would go to—I uh, don't know if I want to say the name of—to the cemetery every single day to John McCain's grave, so I could piss on it.
1: Yeah, I mean
0: that shithead.
1: And it kind of, it kind of caps off what we've always known—that he was not playing for the right side. No, he was a fraud.
0: John McCain was always a fraud.
1: But I thought that was just a little, a little funny skit we could play at the end of yeah. the show.
0: Yeah. Because yeah. this
1: has got to be like, this is like a Joe Rogan podcast right now. It's like four and a half hours long.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, it's time to go.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, so it's, Josh, um, uh, today is Thursday. Like the 4th of October, is it? Something like that. The 5th. And uh, we will see you Tuesday. And uh, have a good weekend. Yep. Yeah. Adios. We'll see you. Bye-bye. Bye.